0: Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of California. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. I already
1: drank my water. I brought it with me, but
0: I drank it in the parking lot. Oh, look at that! He's pre-game, pre-game hydration, hydration in the parking lot. Alright listeners, welcome back to the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward, I hope you're hydrating out there. <laughs> I'm Edward. What's up,
1: everybody? How you doing? I hope you're doing good. Uh, it's a uh, it's a lovely Saturday here in the studio, and uh, it's
0: a very chillin' Saturday. It's super
1: chill. Like it's, it's a pretty
0: chill day. Like I got nothing going on today except those podcasts and doing shit. And yeah. getting fucking text messages and shit. But fucking, other than that, I don't know. Maybe I'll do some more stuff after podcast. But I ain't jamming tunes. I did a good, uh some of that last evening. But other than that, my dude, what's good with you? We'll see if we can make this quick, though. We've been going very long on these podcasts. I and know. I don't know, two-hour podcasts aren't the most, like, um... I would say like the most like welcoming listening podcast. I don't know. Try to listen to something for two hours is like not the best, but hopefully we're killing it. Hopefully we're killing it. I mean, I can listen to myself for two hours. I think I'm fun to me. (laughs) I enjoy myself, but I don't know you as a listener that isn't me are enjoying it. And yeah, that just sounds like borderline narcissism. So before I like continue burying myself, what's good with you?
1: I'm fine. Uh, I've, it, it's been a mellow day. Tomorrow's interesting because I start opening shifts uh, at work. They're going to start um, <coughs> showing me how to do opening stuff at the store, which is kind of exciting because I'm hoping eventually it leads to, uh, you know, in... Uh an improved working position if is that the term i don't know but yeah uh, so there's that oh yeah
0: you get better pay more yeah. hours and a sicker position or something you yeah know? exactly working yourself up the ladder at the barnes and noble bookstore and then
1: after that the only other thing i got going on today is after this i'm gonna go grab dinner for me and the folks and, uh, we get an Olive Garden, boy. Fuck, dude. That's what fucking me and, like, fucking homeboy Dylan did last time when we jam-
0: just a solo jam. We went and got Olive, take out Olive Garden.
1: It's pretty fucking chill. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, Dil- speaking of good friend Dylan, I told you this before yeah. we started. Uh, I tech, okay. How do I word this? I almost ended, but ended up saving good friend Dylan's life. See? Last time we hung out, I took him to get his meds, and he, like, needs them to live. And uh homeboy forgot him in my car. He texts me that while I'm at work, and I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. So I tell my boss, I'm like, I don't say it like this, but I basically tell her, hey, my fucking friend needs these meds to live. Can I please drive over to the next town over and give them to him? I was there and back in an hour, but, uh yeah, that was that was stressful because I didn't, like, uh, You know, no one wants to, like, think to themselves, hey, can my friend fucking die because of me? Because that would suck a lot. Yeah.
0: But also that kind of shows like good friend Dylan. How do I put this? He can be really fucking stupid sometimes. It's like he has to fucking try to be this fucking stupid. Seriously, what the fuck? You make you fucking go help him get his fucking meds, and he can't remember to fucking pull it out of his own back. It's literally a life or death matter, but he's like fucking off and on his own, dude. How is mind- he not... Fucking dead Like his health is fucked up From his stupid shit But dude Holy fucking hell What it's, the he, fuck it, You have to fucking try It's
1: actually even worse When you really Really think about it Because I dropped him off At 9pm About the and it was close to 9 Last time Last time I saw him uh, between that, yeah, no, the are these life or death meds or these? Just... I assume they were. Or he are has these to just take some fucking thing to like help his blood pressure or whatever? I don't know. He didn't say. It. I and I looked at the th- bottle, but I couldn't tell what it is. But I was saying it's even worse if you think about it. Like think about it for too long because I dropped him off at about nine p.m. and he either didn't realize or he decided not to tell me I did that he forgot his meds in my car until two p.m. the next day. So that is like that's uh seventeen hours that he had to tell me that uh, I think he this isn't his heads. life or deathbeds, but dude, I hope not. But
0: fucking, Oh no, don't worry. I fucking deal stupid shit because fucking it's like, I mean, it's
1: on new- me too. Cause it's like, I told you, I saw the bag in my car, but I thought it was like, I thought it was like my, my, my sandwich bag from subway. But There's also the subway thing of you, you want to go home.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say. It's like, it's like, you're not, you're not, you shouldn't be watching over him as much. You should be responsible. Trust me, if now. I knew
1: those were his meds, oh bro, I mean, obviously, I would have fucking do walked him in the house. I fucking deal
0: with like the fucking oh dude, I jammed death my last night, and for some fucking reason, all my fucking shit was falling over and shit, and people were like fucking like mildly fucking up my shit. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? What the fuck are you guys doing? What Jesus? the
1: bam? What the corpse or kids? Were, yeah, uh... I don't know.
0: It was just chaotic in here for some reason. Wow. It was unnecessary. And then like I come in here and it's like something minor. I see like fucking three water bottles all fucking out and about. And I'm just like. What the fuck? Why can't these motherfuckers throw away their shit?
1: That's not me and Dylan this that time. That isn't
0: you. These are the fucking no, okay.
1: youngsters. No, I know. I just felt like saying. Yeah, I
0: know. It. Fu- I know this it time wasn't it was you, enough, and yeah. they didn't fucking finish it. It's like I can't fucking drink it. That's, We're in a fucking
1: pandemic. That's That's bullshit. fucking waste. I, I hate that. There's so many times we'll have like you family mother-fuckers. members. We'll have family members come over to my house, and we'll have water bottles. We always have like the regular size water bottles, and we'll have family over. There's so many fucking. Times do that, they don't finish water bottles. We're talking like five it five between five and ten just half three quarters quarter empty water bottles take
0: it the fuck home so why the fuck <laughs> are you leaving it to me to fucking throw away and waste away I can't fucking drink it my dad works my- I might as well just bring in a fucking little plant in here and just like this is the plant <laughs> hey, where every fucking dipshit the w- dipshit plant the dipshit plant what's the dipshit plant I don't know you motherfuckers that won't fucking finish your like waters like a fucking adult or just <laughs> (laughs) be a fucking big kid and just drink your water because hydration matters as i said in the beginning of the podcast but no but other than that jams are cool only thing is it's like hey we kept on having an issue with fucking hey dylan turn up hey dylan turn up and then i fucking come in today i realized like dude what the fuck why did dylan keep turning up because then I look at fucking Sub-Zamp, it's like, it's cranked all the way to fucking 9 or 10. That motherfucker. <laughs> what? I'm like, that motherfucker. You know what should have been done? Because it was so fucking loud in here. You do realize there's another dynamic than turning up. You know what else can help raise volume?
1: Turning down. Yes.
0: <laughs> and they could have fucking turned down and fucking my bass player could have turned down. And then me and the singer wouldn't fucking have to be try to go as loud. Fuck, dude, these motherfucking, I should have just cursed out a storm. But one of my like freaking like good friend, Sebastian has his fucking like chauffeur, his fucking girlfriend here. So I don't think I need to be fucking cursing a storm. But, you know, I I think it's comfortable enough now. If I deal with that, I'm like, dude, okay, I'm getting kind of tired. Don't do this, but tell him how you feel.
1: That's what I'd say. Oh, no, I'm going to go instant rant because I'm like, dude, (laughs) fucking come on. No, but we've but I we've known each other a long time. So I get it. You've only known this dude for like maybe two years. It's uh, I don't know if he's ready for full James because, bro, when.
0: Oh, he's had like a moment.
1: When you go on when you go on a thing, you're on that thing for like a while and you're very passionate about it. As I said, it might be minor. It's
0: annoying. But hey, you know, what? kind of keeps a nice chilling space. Everyone puts their fucking part. Yeah, and I'm usually the one that kind of has to like, like freaking pick up things and all this stuff. Oh,
1: I wouldn't deny that. No, yeah. You know what you could do about the water bottle thing? My dad, my dad's hack around that. They sell those little water bottles that are like this big. You know the ones? Yeah. Where like they're only like if you really try, they're like. I maybe should just get the fucking those little tiny water bottles. Hey,
0: you motherfuckers! If you can't finish your shit, you're getting the fucking kitty bottles. What? You can see this. (laughs) Hear that? That's a fucking empty can of fucking liquid death. I finished my fucking water. And you hear this?
1: (laughs) Holy shit.
0: Look at that. I finished my fucking can of Yerba Mate. I don't fucking waste, motherfuckers. All right. So we're here today (sighs) with another packed episode. Obviously, we're going to start things slow with the fucking not-so-really-important Why the fuck are we still doing this? I stir Fucking listening. Well, the but t- then we're gonna do something cool and exciting. Yes. Since Vice has two new series out The Dark Side of Football yes. and The Dark Side of the Ring, I was thinking of doing a versus comparison side by side kind of thing. A debate to see which is maybe darker. Which was a more compelling show. Where these like how do, do they fit the like thing much? I don't know. All these unique questions we could put in fucking debate. Yes. What's going on let's talk about ice earth before I start ranting on water. Well I'm gonna go grab another water.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I start. You know, I think the reason why the reason why I keep why I keep doing these ice earth things for me personally is for one, I love music and two I really just I don't know what it is. John Schaefer's just one of those dudes. It's like, you know how Brian and Vinny like like Brian Alvarez, right? The the one thing he rants uh, the one thing that he always takes the opportunity to just shit talk is like I don't know, like the Miz or something. Well that's what it is. John Schaefer's like our Miz. The fucking
0: shit talk, the fucking <laughs> lame ass fucking ice dirt fucking listens. The blue collar commando. Doing. Seriously, at least we got two more albums fucking now to try to finish. But honestly, so, this is just fucking death content.
1: This is uh this is uh this album is ten years old. This dystopia it came out in 2011. So when this album came out, quick backstory, it was kind of a big deal because, uh, well, this is when Ice Earth was still perceived as cool. Because Matt Barlow left again the last album. Well, here's la- the
0: thing. This album took a fucking minute to come out. Yeah,
1: there was three years between uh, Crucible and this one. And then Stu Block was not unknown, but he was like a sort of semi-underground-ish thing. He, you know, he was in some Europe band. I forget the name of the band he was with. I think, weren't they called like front To Eternity or something? I don't, oh, no, Into Eternity. Into Eternity. And I think they're
0: a fucking Canadian.
1: They're Canadian? Mm-hmm. Well, then what... what but isn't he from like And Europe? they were like I have a fucking MySpace hype band. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and I, rem- I, remember-, and I remember you showed me the music video of them where Yeah, like- with another
0: fucking homie that showed us the fucking Juggalo yeah. homie, which honestly, looking back on all his heavy listening was a bunch of fucking MySpace hype bands.
1: Uh he liked Mastodon, MySpace. Oh, hype were they band. Lamb of God?
0: Pretty established, but yeah. pretty hypes.
1: pretty established band. Buckethead <laughs> that was pretty MySpace hype Come
0: on MySpace hype <laughs> bands
1: But yes So um, Into
0: Eternity I think was a fucking MySpace hype band For a yeah. second Because it's like You know the singer Student block he can fucking sing.
1: Yeah, he can scream. I ain't scream. doubting this. He can scream. He can go low. What? I forgot what it was. What was the note he hit in that video? It was like a G note or something.
0: Don't fucking bother. Anyway,
1: he hits we this really note. We are not really that wise. Note. I don't know. Hey, you
0: want to figure out that note? How about you? You knew, you knew what it was. a thousand dollars in tuition oh no. to go do the fucking music theory class. If it's a thousand dollars, it might be cheaper at our local community college cheaper. and fucking wise up to that. Other than that, if you don't know, wipe bother you
1: knew we what it, sound really dumb and stupid you knew what it was like 10 the motherfuckers years ago.
0: that won't finish their fucking
1: water bottles now what's up with 10 years ago i was saying you you knew you knew what high what that high note was 10 years ago i fucking don't <laughs> well you were the one that
0: told me i don't know i could tell you now that was 10 years ago and this james doesn't give a fuck about stupid high note singers <laughs> Like, okay, it was cute so. when I'm young. Now I'm like, cool, bro. Does your music kick ass?
1: No? Well,
0: then fucking, I don't care. Good singing, bro.
1: <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah. So Stu Block joins Ice Earth. He's a he's a good singer. He's kind of like a weird mesh between certain aspects of Barlow and Ripper. He's very good. So How yeah, he fir- so he tried to sound a lot like Barlow this He day. did, yes. All right, what's the first song? And so it's the tile track Dystopia. I could tell you folks this right now. Um, this was always one of my favorite Ice Earth songs. I don't know what it was. I remember when this uh when the music video came out. And you know it's the first song on this record I don't know why I just thought it was really good Um, I, I think I could do without the minute long Like Soldier March intro But it builds up and Oh come on cool. it's fucking Iced Earth It's <laughs> yeah. all over bloated bullshit I just remember really loving that chorus You know it's like If you try to resist me You'll find me you'll me Please stop just <laughs> tell us the <this> song <laughs> No but yeah it's that uh, There's not much to say about it I just, re- I just remember really liking it And I still like it I, I This is like the only Iced Earth song That I'll once in a while be like You know what I feel like that song the funniest the most interesting thing about this song is when you go on the youtube comments section because now you see a bunch of shit like wow dot 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 this song is what's happening right now dot 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 that's how they type or or or, or they either say a bunch of weird dumb dots or a bunch of unnecessary exclamation points like this one we need to wake up they're trying to control us and someone replies like, Bro, it's just a song, or someone will be like, Bro, John Schaefer's like, you know, whack or whatever. And the guy's be like, agree to disagree. Have a nice day. That kind of shit. And it's like God. Cool. Anyway, yeah, no, it's an alright song. Um, the Iced Earth fan base is cringe now because now it's...
0: Oh, fuck. I bet it
1: is. <laughs> it's, like, super-deeper-ficking cringe. Now it's a bunch of conspiracy theorists listening <laughs> to metal.
0: Yeah, no everyone that was normal or was listening... that, like, used to listen to Ice Earth is like, you know, I'm good, bro. Yeah. I am listening to Ice Earth and the people that are already listening to Ice Earth now are just part of the Kwan. Yeah, it's just funny. It-
1: <laughs> it's just funny because you go on the Wikipedia page for Iced Earth and it says in the opening paragraph uh, at the end, it's like, uh, after John Schaefer's, like, arrest or whatever, it, it sparked... Newfound interest in Iced Earth I'm like are you sure about that <laughs> Well made us listen and I'm fucking regretting Every fucking minute of it So song 2 is anthem you know how Iced Earth does it We start fast and we go into a ballad It's a chuggy sing-along and this one's unique Because at this point in his career I think John Schaefer realized you know what We're a festival band So you know what let's make our shit as sing-along-y As possible And a good solo and I don't know a nice chorus. Torn asunder It's alright Third songs, it's a short one. It's called Boiling Point. It's a thrasher, dude. Well, well, thrasher, dude. Well, it had gang vocals, and it was yeah. It's sorry, not bad. Block hit some really good high notes. Song four is Anguish of Youth. Uh, I'll be honest, Block having to uh, Block trying to like act slash sing these like really cheesy lyrics uh, is a highlight of this album. Sorry, listeners, I accidentally touched my touch screen
0: screen because fucking technology. Sorry. Where were you at about fucking these cheesy ass lyrics?
1: Yeah. Hearing Matt Barlow sing some of these lyrics like, you know, she wants to smile. She wants to live. And, you know, pours a shadow whiskey. I'm like, it, it, that's a highlight for me. OK. Uh, yeah. It's a ballad. Um, you know, it's listenable. It's all right song five by the way this this album is only 10 songs the next one's 13 yeah but this was pretty chill yeah the one after this like one this is was a 45 minute album yeah the one after this is 13 songs but the one after that's 10 again i think john schaefer finally figured out you don't need 20 fucking songs every album so this song's called a v um i wasn't sure what it was about when i wrote my notes but then i figured it out and i'll get to that later but uh yeah it's by the it's Pretty by-the-numbers uh, power metal for the chorus and, you know, not much. Six is Dark City. Creative name. The song, uh, song's nice, actually. I like how it balanced, like, the power metal and thrash metal influences. It actually got my head bopping a bit. Seven's called Equilibrium. And, you know, I'll be honest. I actually don't remember liking this album this much because I'm listening to these songs, and I'm like, man, this is actually pretty good. Like, I remember, you know, when you were listening to Crucible Man, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. It's not as... Grand as I remember, but this one I'm like, oh, every song on here. Eight is called, um, eight is called Days of Rage and, you know, it's funny, as soon as I, as I remember thinking to myself, as soon as I thought all that praise, this song comes in blazing with fucking triplets, bro. Fucking triplets, bro. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a short little thraster piece. And I was thinking to myself, you know, wow, I kind of wish that songs like this is what their old thrash song sounds like that this Ice Earth fan base seems to hold in such a claim. Is this what you're
0: like? I got nothing to say. Cool, bro. They fucking wrote a thrasher that didn't sound too
1: bad. Yeah, song nine's an almost sound uh, country sounding band, a song called uh, "End of Innocence." And this song actually has a little bit of backstory. So I guess when Block joined the band, he met up with John Schaefer for like a creative session because I guess. Uh, all but two of the songs here, John had written already, but they met up to see if they would gel, and they wrote "Dark City" and this one. And lyrically, this song's about uh, Block's mom who was fighting uh, cancer at the time. So Which, uh, that sounds fucking lame, yeah. And I hope his mom was able to beat her battle with cancer. I didn't, I didn't see anything that like said whether or not I didn't look it up, but I hope she did too. But yeah, it's a nice song because I've said it before, I'll say it again. John Schaefer writes good ballads. Then the last song's called Tragedy and Triumph. It opens up with like the same like drum roll thing that the like fucking the first marching in the marching yeah. roll. Yeah. And it launches into some power metal, uh some sorry, some thrash metal. And lyrically, so I found this was interesting. This song is like a part two to the first song, but both of these songs I think take place in the something wicked story. The due date Well, okay, so the last song on part two is I think the end of the story, but dystopia takes place before that song. And this song, the last song, Tragedy and Triumph, takes place after Dystopia, but I couldn't figure out if he if this takes place after the last song on Crucible because John Schaefer kind of has diarrhea of the mouth when he's in interviews. <laughs>
0: fucking dire, what does he just go bleh, he's bleh. just going
1: on and on you know, about stories and concepts and stuff and stories as concepts but they're really just his political beliefs you know it's like when you were reading the story for something wicked part one and uh and like you stopped halfway through because you're just like bro this is just your political beliefs <laughs> uh man but yeah um it was all right and uh no i liked it um it was all right i, I, I like this album uh it didn't suck and there's a couple songs besides the first one. I'd listen to it again. And, uh, the next two albums are going to be interesting because I never listened to uh Ice Earth's last two albums. So, we're going in I'm going in completely blind. I don't know if you ever did. I I might have listened to Plagues of Babylon once, but I haven't listened
0: to Incorruptible. But yeah, no, I'm just going to say it. This was a pretty pretty good album. Like it was like I wanted to shit on it hardcore, but it was like honestly, this is pretty good. So, I can't deny that it was good. Like it's still Ice Earth and it's run the mill, but it's like Better run-of-the-mill?
1: It is better run-of-the-mill. We've
0: heard way more boring and worst. Yes. Like, this is almost seems like it's primo Iced Earth. Maybe yeah. they had a break. Maybe he wasn't had to work on a fucking concept album <laughs> and stuff. This was kind of just like he wrote songs to wrote songs, and all of yeah. them, for the most part, hit well. So it was a good album. You could almost say it was a B plus. Maybe <laughs> a fucking A-minus if you actually like the band. I yeah. can't. You know what? I'll just say a Fontana rating. You know what? I'll give it a... Like a mid seven to light eight or something. Maybe it's like up there. I can't know, tell if Fontana
1: would hate Ice Earth. I feel like he would.
0: I don't know. Fontana seems like he's fair enough, but mm. Fontana has taste. I don't know. He's Fontano. He's the fucking. He's the internet's busiest music nerd. Yeah. So yeah, fucking. I. So I'm kind of walking in blind with the next i next two Ice Earth albums. Was just I'm just gonna say it. Like forget. Am I like and looking forward to it? No. <laughs> and while you were talking about, it, I tried to sign up for DoorDash as a dasher and fuck. I get the thing saying thank you for your interest in doorjash Unfortunately, we're not accepting new da- We are not accepting new dashers in your area at the moment. I'm like, fuck, fuck. you. That sucks. Fuck you, you motherfuckers. <laughs> what the fuck? You fucking piece of shit.
1: You doing your Nick Gage impersonation?
0: You, i just like, you know what? Fuck you, motherfuckers. These <laughs> <You> fucking pussies.
1: <laughs> hey, man. This is a family show. Is it? No. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, we watched this week. Uh, we watched the premiere episode of the Dark, dark Side, Side of, of football. football and
0: the Darks and Dark Side of the Ring, two shows on Vice that I have a feeling are pretty popular shows. I think Dark Side of the Ring last season had the most r- highest ratings for like their Benoit and Owen Hart episodes for like the station of itself in maybe history or wow. general.
1: Like freaking like. Like, I, I mean, ge- those are two great stories.
0: Like freaking, I guess yo, freaking like uh, wrestling stories. For the most part, I would say freaking draws. Let me just get my fucking timestamp in. But let's first. This is kind of a verse thing. We're kind of comparing the two. So yeah. let's start off with the newer one. Yeah. How did you feel about Dark Side of Football's the wide receiver diva or whatever the fuck it was called? Okay. It's so- basically it's about Chad Johnson. Yeah.
1: But at the same time. It wasn't Yeah It's kind of fucking annoying Like the first five minutes Well, well I, I have my overall critique That I saved for the end But like To give a quick spoiler overview um, The, the this episode's out if, did, if you
0: haven't fucking watched it Then you're then Sorry well, you Well no fucked. I mean
1: I mean spoilers like Before we actually like Get into it And that's the thing It's like This didn't feel like Dark side of football This felt like I don't know Shade of gray of football. There wasn't a lot of dark going on. That's the thing. I had that first. That was my first thing. It's like, this isn't
0: feeling too fucking dark. Yeah. I'm not feeling it right now. It's well, like, let's, let's get into it. And
1: then I'll, I'll be able to illustrate my points.
0: Well, here's the earlier. thing? So when I actually wrote my notes, I wrote down the first five minutes is basically describing of like, wide receiver divas of the game. And literally what this documentary is supposed to be of Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco. We're getting a lot of Terrell Owens. Yeah, that was
1: the weird thing. And he came off way more of a diva than Chad Johnson. That was the thing. And again, I'll get into that. But like to summarize these, not even the first five minutes, the first 10 minutes, because the first five to 10 minutes is split between like... Okay, eight minutes and then it gets into Chad Johnson. It's kind of split between like telling you like the mentality of fucking um, wide receivers. They have like three different sports psychologists on throughout the thing. And then it gets to Chad Johnson and I'm just like, I'm hearing Chad talk and stuff and I'm just like, he seems kind of normal for the most part compared to some of these other guys. I mean, he wasn't like stabbing fools or like, Pissing off his wife so much They burned their house down Yeah But fucking This is an episode To fucking Ocho Cinco Alright let's kind of Go through it And then so- like whatever my only prior I told you this story and I forgot I was going to tell on the podcast I know I knew of Chad Johnson at his hype but I didn't know it for the regular reasons so I like football but it's very casual as far as sports goes if, if you're one of those people that doesn't count professional wrestling as a sport then if we're not counting that the sport I always gravitated towards was basketball but I always liked football so um, growing up in a Raiders family you know That kind of stuff was, you know, the competitiveness and the the team dedication was a big thing. Well, uh, I have a nephew who's super into sports, but he's like the analytics side of it. You know, numbers, jerseys, doesn't really follow teams, follow players. And there used to be a fun series of football games out on the PlayStation 2 back in the day called NFL Street. And my fucking nephew... Who was better at sports games than me. I hated the fact that we played him, but he didn't like playing the games I like to play. He always fucking picked Chad Johnson, and he always whooped my fucking ass at Chad Johnson. And he used to always, you know, just be like, you know, oh, Joe Sinkle's coming for you, Eddie. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Evan. But yeah, shit like that. And then I didn't even know this until I looked it up. Chad Johnson was like the main character of NFL Street 3. What? He was he was like the narrator. And did the tutorial with you okay <laughs> so that's my experience with chad johnson was getting whooped in football games by my nephew
0: but literally so yeah the first five to ten minutes well the first five minutes was talking about like diva fucking like wide receivers and then we finally get to chad johnson yeah and freaking like it kind of saying he was mostly a chill dude before marvin lewis became the head coach of the freaking Bengals and stuff
1: yeah marvin lewis was a guy that uh they, they mentioned uh he was the kind of guy he uh he was a tough coach because he Pushed a lot out of his uh, out of his players, and you know they go into the whole uh, setting up Chad Johnson. You know they talk about how you know getting highlighted by Sports Center and ESPN and all that kind of goes to your head. And you know wide receivers are um, you know they're not like they're not like quarterbacks where you know quarterbacks are getting like most of the glory, but they're also like in their minds they think they're the most important players, but they also have to think that it's a lot of weird stuff. We meet a bunch of people that. Johnson knew or played with whatever Um, the, the key of the first like 10 minutes is that Chad Johnson wasn't supposed to be there. Um, and he made them, oh, it's
0: like after once we get to 10 minutes, it's like they're saying he's not supposed to be there. His whole story yeah. is that he wasn't supposed to make, because he grew up in a
1: rough neighborhood. Mom left him. He lived with his grandparents and, you know, his grandparents worked hard and a lot of other people worked hard as well to keep Chad on the straight and narrow because they saw, you know, potential in him. Because as he said, it was either the football or the streets. And can I point out, Chad, in this interview, looks like well like a chad Did you see those specs that he was dude, wearing he's wearing those the, were great yeah he's got the fucking glasses the dangly fucking
0: earring and stuff yeah he's man. got he's doing his fucking like heel drip going he's got some
1: swagger to him he's
0: trying yeah he's throwing off some swagger but literally the story is like yeah as a young child he might not have lived in the best neighborhood and yeah his mom left him but he had the greatest support of his like grandparents yeah. and everyone in the community was like nah dude don't do the street thing play
1: football and then around 94 time his grandfather. Pretty dark, bro. In 94... Well, the his, mom and the mom does suck. But. No, that sucks a lot. So, in 94, he's in high school at this point and his grandpa doesn't show up to a uh, basketball game because he... Basketball? <laughs> Did I say basketball? Yeah. It's a football game. Basketball isn't even written here.
0: You said basketball. You want me to re- rewind?
1: No. I'm like, what the
0: fuck? I have the
1: audio. No, I... I kind of want to stop and rewind. No, I don't. I don't know why I said basketball. I, I, It's not even written in my notes. I don't know why. I just think high school basketball. That's just what I thought. Anyway, so he's at a high school game. He's at high school playing football at this point. 94, his grandpa's passed away driven by the man's memory he's even more focused and driven the timeline the timeline kind of jumps and puts ocho cinco at smc santa monica community college and life for him sucks because i i forget which person said it but i think it was craig austin but <clears throat> a lot of guys when they're trying to uh, you know Play college ball And stuff I'm sure it's not Just limited to football But you know They're like They're either You know They're they're homeless Or they're going crazy Or basically, stuff like that Trying like to getting, make it Basically He didn't
0: get it. Like out of high school He didn't get A proper scholarship To a bigger Like freaking school To play football Yeah So he went Across the whole He went from Miami All the way to California To go play In Santa Monica Community College To see if he can Like get in Push his football career Into a bigger college And, and he didn't even have, And didn't, like the coach said like one of the peeps are saying honestly a lot of dudes freaking try and fail and they're living out of their cars and cars and being homeless while trying to like make it here with this community college thing so and he was living in the hood going through five gang like freaking precincts he
1: didn't have a car either so so. he had to do the
0: public transit and he's like dealing with harassment and people trying to make him do drugs and stuff Friggin' but no, he kept on on a straight and narrow, narrow because friggin' he had a coach because he had a coach named Collins or last name Collins. Yeah, as say, It was his foundation during his Santa Monica community college times. Yeah. his grandparents was there,
1: his coach was there. Exactly. And he pushed him. And in Chad's own words, uh, this coach Collins sharpened him like a number two pencil. And then uh, you know, timeline jumps again. He gets a spot at Oregon State because, get this, this is some wacky divine intervention bullshit. So some receiver dude stole another player's DJ equipment. That guy gets kicked out. Boom, there's a spot open. And he gets the scholarship to go play up in Oregon State. So Chad Johnson, he gets there, and for the most part... um, He's decently popping off because we, um, and he's helped out by this guy named, I forgot his name, but it's TJ something.
0: Basically he meets his his like long at this point, like his career long for the most part, freaking wide receiver friend, buddy that he would like play yeah. in Oregon state to the Cincinnati bagels was TJ Hushmanzada. Hushmanzada. Yeah. It's a crazy name, but <laughs> I remember that name. I remember that player.
1: Yes, T.J. Well, yeah. Why, well, yeah, why wouldn't you? I mean, not like almost a quarter of the documentary is about oh, him. Oh, yes. Who's Schmanzada catch catches the ball? <laughs> like a quarter of the documentary is almost about him. Yeah, I know. So we see footage of him getting an ass load of catches and then we uh, they show us the draft day when the Bengals soup up Chad Johnson and basically
0: all his freaking like his youth and his hard work of playing football finally got actually got
1: him yeah. into the NFL. So in comes Marvin Lewis. Like we said earlier, we get a dark side of the ring promo. I wrote that because I thought it was going to be like when we watched the fucking. Brian Pillman one and there was like a dark side of the ring promo every like six not even sit like no we get like dark
0: side of the ring dark side of the football and a thing about the freaking Washington DC sniper
1: yeah that actually looks kind of interesting I don't want to watch for the podcast but that'd be that looks interesting you can
0: watch for your own
1: So at this point In the timeline Lewis is working Chad and TJ hard Chad gets a chance To talk to uh, Jerry Rice Raiders bad boy He had like a list Of questions Oh we actually One
0: quick We had a great moment Too because freaking Like fuck What was the head Coach of the dude Marvin Lewis Marvin Lewis He's telling TJ And Chad He's like hey you gotta remember, boys. Oh, yeah, yeah. No means no, and nothing good happens after, after midnight. midnight. And Nerd Center's like, why does he keep singling us out? Because maybe they, you're the
1: bad boy diva receivers. They're the, uh, they're the they were the most outspoken members of the team. They Just say.
0: remember, no means no, and nothing good happens after midnight. I'm like, what does or, that mean? If you watch How I Met Your Mother, it's either after 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. Nothing good happens. Really, nothing good. Yeah. So go to bed. (laughs) Like or just wind down the night and just go home safely.
1: True. So he asked Jerry a bunch of questions about uh, how do you make it, you know, this thing and and Jerry writes
0: like he's for the most part, he's not the Ocho Cinco, like super like charismatic. No, he's not Ocho Cinco like, yet. Like friggin' showboating, like friggin' wide receiver. But he was able to game, like, isn't wasn't this like Jerry Rice's like last season too? When yeah, he was it was
1: at this point, yeah. Yeah,
0: and the Raiders. So fucking legendary wide receiver Jerry Rice, he's actually to go up to him and friggin' ask him, how'd you do it? How'd you become like And Jerry Rice?
1: Like one of the most balling fucking players ever. Yeah. So Jerry Rice, so really quick to so just establish something about Chad Johnson. At this point, everyone mentions, hey, you know, he's a decently nice guy. He's a bit of a class clown. Well, I to well, say, that fucking season was insane, too, because like, didn't the Raiders pick up Jerry Rice and they fucking made it to the Super Bowl? Yeah, we did. Or was it just the, the fucking, uh, the, the, well, no, we did because I, because that was 2000, like, God, what was that, like, Four, five, Four. six. Yeah, because I think that Four, was I think that was the season we made it to the Super Bowl, but then we lost the Super Bowl to I think like the Buccaneers or something, and uh, we were when we were went on like a fucking like ten year just losing spell before De, uh, Eric Derek Carr got there. And then we went through another one for the last few years, but we're now we're just inconsistent. Yeah. But yeah, that was a crazy season. Jerry Rice is a fucking MVP to our team. At least that year. Yeah. That year he was. Legend Jerry Rice, bro. So Chad Johnson, you know, he hears Jerry say it's just it's hard work. And Chad's like, well, you know, yeah, but it's the fucking NFL. Everyone works hard in the NFL. So you know what? I'm going to add something different. I'm gonna add some fun. So now this is where the dancing starts. This is where the quirkiness starts. This is where all the touchdowns. Mans is uh, they they make a quick mention. Mans did like eleven hundred yards more or less in six seasons. I think he did like was a in like a two time All Pro. They said it was about eleven hundred in six seasons. In six seasons or per season. I thought they said six seasons. I don't know. Like
0: I thought he had a pretty high average, like over a thousand yard average, like per season. Well, of his I wouldn't play. be
1: surprised if it was per season. Yeah, I like thought that that's, so- that's what the guy. That sounds normal. And yeah, like two time All Pro, like freaking player. Craig Austin mentions how uh, he was a, how uh, Chad Johnson at the time was pretty much a a sort of kind of genius in the way he marketed himself cuz you know as, i feel like ever, this I feel time like tell because like sports center was
0: a thing yeah. and all this stuff so he started having highlight worthy fucking uh
1: plays and i feel like and then when he did his fucking touchdown stuff he started celebrating and doing unique stuff and i feel like every documentary i see now says this exact sentence but before social media you know and before branding yourself was like the norm you know here chad johnson was going out and you know doing his dance and stuff uh <clears throat> you know they taught uh the documentary talks about his dances when he when he uh when he did that thing where he resuscitated the football yeah that was funny because he was dating like a fun, that's, that's like, what he it's said like yeah. girlfriend was like a freaking like a paramedic or something and he yeah he was just like yeah and i told her i said hey Watch, watch TV, the ga- watch the game. <laughs> oh man. so that was oh, and then uh, the river dance it was classic stuff they they talk they talk a little bit about this is where the this is where for me, the documentary gets a little jumpy. In the sense of, because then we jump back to, like, the loneliness they talk about of wide receivers. Chad talks just about. talk, yeah, something like that. It's a weird thing. They're talking about, like, how
0: wide receivers are kind of, like, the loneliest because they're yeah. kind of when out there. They're kind of mostly on their own-ish. Because I forget when they like, say it,
1: but the idea is, like, um, like, there's 60 plays in the game, and you'll maybe get the ball thrown at you, like, 10 times type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Chad talks about how he used to psych himself up, you know, with the trash talking. It, this was this was one of his best gimmicks, I think he did. He had a checklist in his locker room yes. of, like, all the people that were covering him that couldn't stop him from the enemy team. Couldn't stop him or had stopped or him. Or hadn't stopped him, yeah. He was like, so-and-so, did they stop me? No. Did they so-and-so stop me? No. And just, did they yeah. stop me? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this guy's great. There's no more personality in football. At least basketball still has personality, but bro, football. football well, that's is one dead. thing
0: about this documentary is saying it's like, wait, is there like no personality in football? Was it when we were kids? The, like the, the last only of, like,
1: one is Tom Brady. If you really look at it broadly, the only and the Mannings. But Peyton's, like, retired now, Yeah, I he's think. retired. And I don't Eli know Eli Manning's just... I don't know if Eli is still, like, playing football. You know what? Maybe Tony Romo, just because he's a commentator now. Yeah, but that's not a player. But that's not a player, I'm yeah. just saying, like, do we not have, like,
0: charismatic players Even anymore? Even just looking
1: at the fucking Raiders, I can name, like, Howie Long was a personality. Viper was a personality, you know? Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, they were personalities. Well, that's true. Like Jerry Rice was also part of the fucking, like... Freaking like 49ers, which there yeah. was like Joe Montana and Joe Steve, Montana, and Steve Young, Kaepernick even to a degree. Well, Kaepernick was just more infamous. Yeah. But yeah, you know what I mean. Football. So each t- sport had its personalities. You know, you had like you have like in any sport thing, wrestling too. You have like you have like your cool nice guys, and you have like your bad boys and stuff. They football used to have that too, but now you don't really anymore.
0: Is it really like did football become
1: boring? Like football past is boring. This past not to go full Dave Meltzer, but if you look at like attendance records and like sales and stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Super Bowl does still does stupid amounts of money. But half the people tune into the Super Bowl to see the halftime show. Like, well, the Super Bowl is a fucking last time. Super Bowl is a spectacle of itself. You know what? The last time football did anything that was like really cool and amazing was that one season like five, six years ago when the Colts and the Saints were both undefeated. And they went to the Super Bowl. That was awesome. Fuck. Wasn't that
0: Drew Brees still playing in the uh, Yeah, city? I think is so. Is Drew Breeze even still playing? I don't know who's a football anymore. I don't anymore. know. It's like I don't know. Here's the thing. Like, was our last like foot and like when we were young, the last time football had like a kind of like coolness to it? Because it like yeah. this documentary makes it sound like there is like football's become like bland, no
1: characters. No, it is. That's why I was hyped for the XFL. <laughs> there's X- something different in the and the games were actually good. I watched XFL games. Those were pretty good.
0: I don't know if they're good or they're just fun and sloppy, but even then that's exciting. No, like, that was exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. I remember the fucking like hype rivalry of Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. But even besides who's the yeah. killer? But even besides that, you know, even the managers, the coaches, fucking John Madden had personality. Uh, Well, yeah, like, Madden was, like, kind of, like, on his way out, like, freaking, like... No, but, you know, throughout the whole thing, fucking um, Al Davis had a personality. Most people didn't like him, but he had a personality. Now, I couldn't tell you anyone... I couldn't point out anyone in football that isn't Tom Brady or Eli Manning. Or, like, Gronk. You know what? Gronk has a personality. Is Brady and Gronk the only ones with personality? Who's the who's who's the Patriot guy that's in WWE now? The Patriot guy? No, no, that wrestled in WWE. I mean, want that one time? You mean Gronk? Not Gronk. Uh, the other guy. Um, he he wrestled uh Finn Balor at that at that uh, Takeover in Your House. Remember his debut match? Oh, you mean fucking Pat McAfee? McAfee. He was in on the Patriots, wasn't he? Was he a Pat? I don't even know, but he was a kicker. Yeah. But I remember, well, fuck, yeah, kicker. Even bass on the Raiders had a personality, and he was a kicker. So you know what I mean? It's like... No, p- football's boring, man. Football's Football in America is literally just, it's on its way out, it'll never go away, but it's dying. Remember when fucking Brett Favre went to the Vikings just as for his last <laughs> dance? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, was this like- He was like, that was the big thing. He was like 42 and playing football? Yo, seriously, was football like seemed cooler back in like 10 years ago? You know, I'm, I'm, I know we're going off on a thing, but we talked about this before. UFC was the same way. UFC was way cooler when we were growing up. Now, after a point, the only one we're talking about was like rousey conor mcgregor and now they're both gone who's worth watching on ufc now unless uh, like a ds brother or maybe i guess you could say paul jones or you mean john jones. I mean, john jones
0: yeah like i hear there was a fucking monster heavyweight that fucking challenging john jones and john jones like i'll fight him for a stupid amount of money <laughs> so that means i don't want to fight him Unless I get paid really, 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 <laughs> really well. Really well, yeah. Fuck, the only charismatic fighter at this moment is stupidly
1: Jake Paul. Combat sports is dead. You know what? Shayna Baszler made a YouTube you know, video about slap that. Slap
0: fights are... F- Russian slap fights are the most hyped <laughs> thing. <laughs> these fat fuckers. Oh, These my thick God. boys just fucking cracking each other's faces. That's great. All right, so but,
1: where the fuck were so we? So at this point in the timeline... um. Uh, basically, uh, excuse me, Basically, at this point in the in the documentary, they're talking about how his antics are cute, but not when you lose. They drop, they say that, but then they go to a commercial break, and when they come back, they talk about they talk about something completely different. They talk about that time that uh, Chad Johnson sent a thing a Pepto Bismol to the Cleveland Browns to so
0: the Cleveland Browns. Well, the Browns suck. Like the Browns well, suck yeah. so much that if them winning is actually it actually pisses off the Cleveland people. <laughs> this, it's
1: like it's, that's right. They're a meme now yeah that they suck so much even the detroit lions aren't that much of a meme and i would i would argue the the lions are worse let's not go because i remember that one season the lions were doing well like they went like four games undefeated then they, that's right then they faced, then
0: they faced like what brett like the fucking vikings with brett Favre
1: or yeah, some yeah, shit yeah 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 and then his
0: just fucking just lost for the rest oh, of the season oh they got
1: wrecked They got wrecked. It was great. Anyway, so yeah, um, now then they start talking about the diva stuff, mentioning how for some reason, just wide receivers go crazy. And this is what I wrote here. Like how Andrea Raisin's wife burns her house down. Michael Irving stabs a guy with scissors. Terrell Owens fought with his quarterbacks a lot. Then we get to Ocho Cinco in the sense of now he has changed his name well, to like, Ocho Cinco. He tries
0: to play off his Ocho Cinco thing, but the fucking like peeps are going to, like, "Sorry, you can't. You have to go by your legal last yeah, name." Yeah, that was funny. Your jersey. He said, they, and it's like, "Well, I don't want to. I want to freaking do this and stuff." Well, we're gonna find you. Yeah, you're gonna find me. Then fuck you. Next season, he illegally changes his name. To Ocho Cinco. No, that's what
1: he did. That's exactly what he did. He even says, like, yeah, they fined me, like, 20, 30 grand for altering their jersey. So, yeah, he got his name changed to Chad Ocho Cinco. And fucking... Everyone in the NFL League is just like, what the fuck? But then we also get shots of him
0: antagonizing defensive players and, like, defensive backs. Like a beast, Ray Lewis. Oh, my God. I'm like, holy fuck, why are you trying to piss him off? He's a monster. <laughs>
1: Why you Ray trying Lewis is a monster. why are you trying to piss him off that's scary oh my there's there, oh my remember
0: when Ray Lewis was playing
1: <sighs> yes Yes, yes I do.
0: Yes, remember that? Oh, that fucking insane Super Bowl. He which was, was probably was like the, the fucking Niners and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Like the last time Niners were actually good. Yeah, and shit. And the fucking Ravens made it to the Super Bowl. Oh, don't tell. Well, like don't the tell fucking,
1: Niners fans that they think they're good all the time.
0: And like the fucking like the friggin' like coaches were brothers or some shit. Yeah, yeah. But that was like fucking like Ray Lewis's fucking swan song as he like was able to ride off into the sunset. Ray
1: Lewis is probably the last guy in football that I would watch, and I would be like, oh my god, he could. Kill Somebody.
0: Like literally dude his fucking body Like like Gronk's looks, a big guy but Gronk's Not gonna kill him. Like his anybody. fucking midsection Looks like my fucking mini fridge <laughs> With these skinny arms But you could go watch a highlight video Of him just dudes just getting murdered By him.
1: <laughs> Ray it, Lewis Was great. It's
0: like dude it's like you see Dudes getting like nailed. Well, Ray Lewis Like every time Ray like the highlight Reels dude peeps look like they got shot by a cannon When <laughs> Ray Lewis hits them
1: It's like fuck dude that's death there's a part where Chad mentions he's salty at the NFL because he's like, bro, they're doing the shit I did. They got a celebration camera now. And then he says, you know what? After this is done, I'm going to file a grievance. I want all my... Uh, my uh, I my, want my I, money back. I want all my fine money back. <laughs> he's great. We haven't talked about his like interview spots in this, but he... To this day, Johnson—he's just dripping with charisma. Like he's he is cool. a charismatic dude. Like he's kind of a soft-spoken guy. Yeah. But you know what? Hey, he
0: was—he—he was—he had his cute zingers. So now in the timeline, he's getting his ass kicked a
1: bit, and this is like where at he, least
0: in like the documentary, in the documentary, they're just showing like he was doing well, but then like once the like name change and stuff. Around like name change, and then like next two seasons, he wasn't playing as like as best as he was. Yeah, and maybe he's getting older,
1: and like the other players are getting better. And well, at stuff. this point, he's in what his like god eighth season, ninth or something, something yeah. like that. It's like up there. So now he does this thing where he rocks a future Hall of Famer robe, which apparently costs someone their job. Yeah, like the ball boy. Yeah, for like getting that out there, and it's like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> And uh, now and now they're telling us that um the Bengals are seeing him as a liability. Dark side of the and, ring promo. Yeah, a liability
0: and freaking for the most part. Cause we're like, yeah, they see him as a liability and stuff, but I can't remember if this was the part freaking like um where they do liability or we get the plax Placico Burris.
1: No, that that's coming up. Oh, hold on, I'm taking this thing off. Oh. That that's coming up in a second, but um So yeah, freaking at this <laughs> point. So, like, as I have here in my notes, Whew, it's hot in here. So, at this point, is they say his personal problems are hampering not just his gameplay results, but his public perception. So, they skip ahead, and after 10 seasons, they let him go. Then they talk... This is where, yeah, they talk about Plexico Burress for some reason. Well, it's about, like, wide receiver divas, so it's like... But
0: that's and, like, what It's I mean. supposed to be about Chad Johnson, but whatever. So, Plexico Burress, which... Wasn't that the fucking season where like the fucking giant, it was like the Giants and the Pats and weren't like the Pats like undefeated, like they were almost there for a fucking
1: perfect season. God, I think. Yeah. But then, I think the, fuck- so. but
0: then the Giants won. Yeah. Which was insane. It's like, bro, what? And like Eli gets a fucking Super Bowl before. Was it Peyton?
1: Yeah. Was that funny? It's like, oh, the younger brothers got the fucking dude. I'm telling you, football has to be a work. Like, just some of this storytelling that happens, especially with the Mannings and fucking- Martin Manning. And, and the Mannings and then Tom Brady. Tom Brady is like, is like, I don't know, he's like that company's John Cena where so many people hate him, but they keep booking him to win. There's a book about Tom Brady called, um, I forget what it's called, but ba- I think it's called like The Dynasty or something. No, no, there's two books. There's like two books about Tom Brady, but one of them's called like, I forget what it's called, but it's, like, about Tom Brady's path for redemption. It's, like, a 500-page biography, and the back cover is, like, it's talking about when the ball scandal came out, and there's, like, Tom Brady had one chance to prove that he could do this. Otherwise, he would just be remembered as a scandal, and it's, like, they fucking cheated! Oh, my God, I hate that.
0: That's fucking dumb. Whatever. So after that, like, great win by the Giants over the Pats, just
1: shutting them down on having a perfect season. That's what I mean. That has to be a work because why would he do that? This dude, this Plexico dude walks into a club. Yeah, so after (laughs) he he wins the Super Bowl, he walks into a nightclub in sweatpants,
0: has an unregistered gun in them, and accidentally shoots himself. And
1: then he gets sent to jail for two years. <laughs> that has to be a work. <laughs> like they're like, "Okay, sure. We'll let you win the Super Bowl, but you know what? You're going to have to do some jail time."
0: Oh, that's fucking dumb, bro. Fuck. Oh god. Like, and he's talking, too, and it's like, well, he's out of jail, but it's like, well, that's fucking embarrassing, but at least you could say you won a Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. before your fucking career.
1: Just like, all right, you're done now. Go home. <laughs> oh, speaking of careers being done, so Chad Johnson goes to the Pats for one season, but he's not doing shit.
0: Yeah, so the Bengals, like, release him. He goes to the Pats. He goes to the Super Bowl. I can't remember if the Pats won that year or something.
1: I don't think so. But basically, like... Forget- Pats have won too fucking much. Yeah, whatever.
0: Like And, like, they're always... In the fuck, they're, like, dude, they've been to the Super Bowl, like, ass loads of times. I can't remember if they're the fucking NFC or AFC.
1: I think they're AFC. I forget how it works. Yeah, because, like, there's the fucking split divisions and stuff, too. Are we? No. You know, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, look up
0: the fucking, like, dude, freaking, like, the weird bullshit thing. Whatever, the fucking, yeah, Pats have, like, won their fucking, whatever, AFC, NFC, whatever that fucking thing is, like. All the fucking time. They got more of that than, like, their fucking Super Bowl fucking wins and whatever.
1: Yeah, they're AFC East.
0: Yeah, so AFC, so yeah. They won, like, the AFC, like, fucking title, like, a bunch of fucking times and stuff. Whatever. God, so he was this shit. Pa- they won that shit
1: in 85, 96, 2001, 3, 4, 7, 11, 14, 16, 17, 18. Dude, that, that's, that's what. That's 11.
0: Dude, they must, dude, that's why I'm tripping out. Like the whole, like, decade, like the last half
1: of the decade, they were just there. They were, they were like there in they every won fucking that Super Bowl. That's 11th. They won, they've won the Super Bowl six times. They've been division champions 22 times. And they've been in the playoffs 27. Wait a minute. Let me look at this shit. He's counting. They were in the playoffs, they were in every playoff. From 2009 to 2019, 76, 78, 82, 85, 86, 94, 96, 97, 98, then 2001, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and then 9 through 19. Fuck this football team. Yo, seriously, that's why I was like, dude, they never just
0: fucking go away.
1: Fuck. I hate the Patriots. Whatever. Anyway, so Whatever. At this point Ochoa point in the Ocho Cinco fucking sucked in the past. <laughs> yeah. So and in 2012, like, he is signed to the Dolphins. He changes his name back to Johnson. Because he realized, okay, maybe I'm being a little too silly. <laughs> and his and this is actually, see, this is what I mean by a work, because this sounds like a heartwarming wrestling storyline. His idea is I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna play in front of all the people that helped make me, and that's where I'm gonna end my career. But uh-oh, Spaghettios. He, homeboy headbutts his wife. Yes, he fucking gets in a tiff
0: with his wife and full-on headbutts her and it's fucking like she, he gets charged with domestic abuse
1: and then he is thrown in fucking jail. Yeah. And there's like it's weird. There's like 5 minutes left but there doesn't say much. The the episode basically, basically, that, basically ends here because just says, like you know what? Yeah.
0: He was supposed to have his, like, he finally comes back to his home fucking town Mm -hmm. to play in the fucking Dolphins. But he gets in one little friggin'. He gets in one little, like, he headbutts his wife, which he then becomes divorced, goes to jail for like a minute and stuff. Then there was a thing where he likes, where he was in a hearing and something, and he slaps his lawyer's ass because he's trying to be cute. And the judge got so fucking pissed. Yeah. He went back to jail.
1: They didn't say this in the documentary, but she eventually he apologized to her at a later date and, and she accepted. And I think she rescinded uh, something. I don't Whatever. know. Whatever.
0: So yeah. he was in jail for fucking a little bit for slapping his lawyer in the ass in front of a judge. I'm yeah. like, you could say that's a boss move. Or really fucking <laughs> dumb. No, it's dumb. It's really dumb and whatever. They're just saying it's like, honestly, he could have had a great career and all this stuff, but too bad it ended in such like
1: a tragedy arrest where it's like, yeah, that's basically the, the ending. It says it basically it's a sour taste in the mouth of people with his legacy. I don't and know. She-
0: one dude had a fucking
1: gun and shot his fucking foot. and yeah, then but got that's fucking- funny. Okay That's funny kind of And he won the Super Bowl Before he did that Yeah <laughs> So he's fine
0: Yeah like Here's the thing <clears throat> So whatever That ends And I'm just gonna say it right now This fucking did not feel too dark So I Like re- yeah Like headbutting Your fucking wife Is not fucking cool And no, stuff it's awful And like yeah Like dealing with fucking Like Terrell Owens Is nutty But Chad Johnson Was like A success story Yeah And then And he- that's
1: what he says Chad Johnson says My greatest compliment Was getting to the NFL It wasn't any I did in there yeah it's like yeah
0: it did not fe- this <clears throat> honestly did not feel too dark so
1: I like the documentary I have some nitpicks they are nitpicks but and here's so this okay here's my thing they kept bringing up his issues right but they never like clarify what they were and honestly from the, if fifth- the issues were just him showboating too much
0: yeah and kind of like <clears throat> maybe trying to like take away the fucking like pure game like the pureness of the game just yeah. him just becoming wacky and I'm
1: going to be honest, it felt like from the 15-minute mark to about the 40-minute mark, they were just kind of saying the same thing over and over again. There's like a lot. Of, like, honestly, like there was a Chad lot. Johnson is approaching new heights, but at the cost of his team are like, Chad Johnson is now more popular than ever, but Dude, his there was personal was a dick life dick is getting sucking. to him. There's a lot <laughs> of just them just sucking his dick, bro. Well, he was actually being interviewed for this, so that... That makes sense. And did you notice he never commented at all about when they brought up the wife thing? The last thing he said was, I think, talking about the Plesco thing. Yeah. The Plesco thing. Yeah. But yeah, they don't really touch on his personal stuff. They just dance around it. They don't mention his marriages, except for that one. They don't mention the fact that he has eight kids or plays soccer now. I didn't know this until I Googled him. He's been playing soccer for the last three years. Wait, pro soccer? Eh, local thing. But but it's, it's not nothing, you know. It's recognized. But I guess he fights now, too? He got added to the Jake Paul, to the Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather undercard. Chad John Johnson's on the fucking thriller, from that card. <laughs> What? He's celebrity boxing, bro. I'll, I'll, I I I had it, but I closed it. But I'm gonna look it up oh, right here. What the fuck? Here we go. Personal life. You scroll all the. You scroll uh, all the way down. Uh, past the marriage and divorce shit, and then. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. It's in the wrong thing. It's in uh. not It's projects outside the NFL. Here we go. Here we go. So, after you get past this soccer thing, on May 3rd, Johnson was added to the undercard of the Floyd Mayweather-Logan Paul fight against an opponent to be announced at a later date. They announced that two weeks ago, almost. Bruh. So, whatever. (laughs) Back to this being, like, the dark side. And that's (laughs) the thing. I'm sorry. I forgot. I wanted to actually critique this documentary. Well, that's what I'm about to fucking critique. I'm about to say. It's like, for it being dark
0: side... And compared to, like, what we've been watching with Dark Side of the Ring, here's the thing. The first episode, it's like, honestly, I could see this being growing pains. Maybe they don't want to jump straight into something hardcore. Yeah. But then I'm remembering, well, wasn't the first ever Dark Side of the Ring episode about Bruiser Brody and how he got fucking murdered in cold blood? <laughs> oh fuck that's right and i'm like and all we got here was like the worst thing and it's like i'm not downplaying well i'm downplaying in like how serious of like material that's like being presented yeah yeah but like this didn't seem too dark and it just seemed pretty like pretty tame for the most part like yeah you should be headbutting women and shit that's not fucking cool but everything else was like i could see if like if chad johnson was like ruining what a, a squeaky clean image of the yeah, NFL yeah, yeah. and making it like feel less prestigious I guess that's dark, but fucking. And here's the thing: it like I thought this might have been done with the same people. No, this felt totally different. How Feel, they it like feels
1: like a B team.
0: Yeah, this felt, well. It was like a B team or like just people going through growing pains. And I was gonna like say, like the fucking like the like actor like freaking like the actor like freaking um re- recreation. Yeah, freaking shots too. They're like more brighter compared to dark side and stuff. Yeah,
1: the dark side of the ring. It's like completely in shadows, and they like film them in these and like it, and it kind of like it people that kind of actually look like the characters and stuff and the too. way they film them too they film them in these like small rooms and they feel like compacted but but they do that to like subtly portray to you like the tense and seriousness of the subject matter these oh they're in like big open fields big locker it's pretty rooms. light
0: you can see people yeah. that kind of don't really look like them like the ocho cinco like freaking like actor Looked bigger than... Like, wider than Ocho Cinco. He didn't have as long a head. And stuff, too. And fucking, like... Uh, and like I did like the interview cuts where they kind of like cause like compared to Dark side, it's usually kind of like one central cut on their face there's like yeah. a freaking cut of them hanging in a chair and stuff plus they also like pull up like a little side screen for footage too what I couldn't tell about. if I like that or not cause I'm like it, well, oh that's kind of cool honestly it came off like you know what? it seems kind of different but yeah. it's like it's kind of coming off the success of Darkseid yeah, yeah. and stuff too so it's like is it pulling off the same vibe like not this episode if no. I was to compare to the first episode with Bruce or Brody I felt that was way more fucking darker yes hopefully I got
1: fucking like murdered cold blood and plus this this documentary just didn't feel like too focused cause like cause like it says you know the uh, NFL prima donna Chad Johnson whatever but honestly Chad Johnson's only the focus for like half this documentary. That TJ guy has a heavy focus for the first like twenty minutes. Yeah, TJ and, and Hushman
0: Zada. The only yeah. person I came out curious, like, dude, I'm more curious about To Terrell Owens. Yeah, he look way more like a diva. And the rest of the it, the fucking w- shot of him in the Niners where he's able to get like a insane play. Where he's able to run so far <laughs> ahead of everyone. He gets the Fucking Christ pose on the fucking like cowboy star. <laughs> he just T posed on him. I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? And then you just uh, see him. It's like, oh yeah, there's a fucking
1: word for Owen's narcissism. And like,
0: dude, he yeah, looked yeah, like,
1: yeah. Look like he came off way more narcissistic and crazy than fucking Chad Johnson. And that, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, this only felt like it was half about Chad Johnson. And the rest of it was about, you they're know, fucking- T.J. Terrell, or just, um, or just uh, those guys. What are they again? Um, their position? Their diva wide receivers, wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and it just felt like it was about wide receivers in general. It didn't feel as tight and focused. But this is a brand new show. This is the first episode, so I can willing to get growing pains. And I thought, and I thought, and well, that's fine. And I thought to myself, well, is it because it's only one part? But then. See, this is my quirky transition. Then we watched the next Gage one, which is only one part. And this is way more tight. Now, I don't know if it's as, as tight or good as the Brian Pillman one. Granted, that's a two-parter. But this was still really good, this like, Nick Gage well, one. I feel like this is fitting more
0: in the fucking like, hour-long format while the Brian Pillman was stretched was out to two was two e- hours. It was two episodes, and Brian Pillman's a little bit more well-known and stuff. But this one... Cause it's like okay, dark side of football. I'm like okay, it didn't feel too dark side. Then we crack That's open what I said. It this felt episode, gray. and the first thing we see is blood and people getting shoved through fucking glass tubes and like glass, like glass and stuff, exploding glass and fucking blood and gore. I'm like. Wow, we're, this is a definitely big step
1: up from Welcome this. Welcome to garbage jump. wrestling, everybody.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. That's like Dark Side of Ring. It's like Dark Side of football. It's like, eh, that seemed like that was like super And the dark. entirety
1: of this footage, if it's not from CZW, which is Combat Zone Wrestling, then it's from GCW.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just grabbing the timestamp. So fucking out of blood and carnage, as we woke up, it's like as we like start this thing. Like, honestly, this episode actually starts with a fucking parental advisory thing. Yeah. There's going to be violence and fucking blood and stuff. Be warned. I'm like, and then you see this like, dude, this already is like the first five seconds feel way more darker <laughs> than fucking
1: Chad Johnson. And Chad Johnson. Squeaky
0: clean Chad Johnson. Oh, he did the river dance and pissed off some people. So, you know, this oh, is,
1: no. See, This is going to sound fucked up. But, like, Chad Johnson didn't even do any drugs. Yeah. Or if he did, they didn't talk about him. I mean, no, everyone, <laughs> you know, all what the I mean? druggies told him not to do drugs. Yeah. Yeah. The druggies
0: told him not to do we drugs. We want you to do well. We meet Nick Gage and it's like, oh, no, you're, you're kind oh, of. No, to- I was
1: on Oxycontin for like 10 years. It's like, what the? Fuck, Nick Gage. So anyway, um, yeah, that's how it opens up. It opens up with a bunch of brutal shit. They give a short overview of who Nick Gage is, and then we get into it. It's like, so who are you? It's like, I love what I do, and I'm the best motherfucker at it. So it gives, it's, it opens up with a short history of deathmatches, which is basically of, just, a start of modern deathmatch wrestling. Deathmatch wrestling is like presented by host Jericho, a live action horror movie. That was a great line I don't know if he wrote that Or if someone else wrote that But that's a great line Well it's a fucking cringe fest I can tell you that But yeah um, It gives a short history Of modern deathmatches Which basically Is just trying to outdo The old school deathmatch wrestlers By being crazier And more violent Nick Gage introduces himself I'm Nick Gage The greatest deathmatch Deathmatch wrestler In the world I'm the leader of a gang Called Murder Death Kill Gang And I represent Eastern Block 8th Club Fuck (laughs) That's some heavy shit. That yeah, fucking... Gang, I, I, I'm going to say it. I am 90% convinced he's killed someone. I'm just going to say that. Maybe. That's or, my feeling. Or beat the fuck out of some oh, people. Oh, he's beat the... That's his job. Yeah. <laughs> so, whatever. And he's like, what do you think it takes
0: to do like deathmatch wrestling? He's like, you well, know, I'm crazy. I'm a little crazy in the head. You know I have a high
1: pain tolerance. And I want to show people that deathmatches are all right, man. I'm like, Really? You're the underdog in this. You're you're trying to like prove a point. This is your artistic statement. That's what he says. He says, I want us to be like, you know, these death matches, this kind of wrestling's all right, man. I'm like, you're what you I I was baffled. And then when we meet Mox. Yeah. And you know, he's like uh aka uh Dean Ambrose if you don't watch AEW. Yeah, or, or if you didn't see him before WWE. Uh, he said, "Yeah, I'm John Moxley," which is a lie. Um, his name is Jonathan Good. Well, for right. Well, his <laughs> wrestling persona is uh, John Moxley. I just had to say, well, like
0: Nick gauge isn't his like actual name. That's just wrestling. Isn't his, persona his last name Nick.
1: like Willis or something? I don't know if his name's Nick. I I don't think it is. Whatever. Well, whatever. So he yeah uh, he says uh, he feels Deathmatch guys are some of the best storytellers. I don't know about that.
0: Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> like to make a good well like. To, if you want to make a good death match, you need to fucking have a good, like, story build up to it. Like, yeah. You should make it seem like you don't want to get hurt by these things. But then there's, like, dudes like Balls Mahoney where it's like, all right, let's just smack the shit out of each other with crap. I kind of miss those
1: guys. Some of
0: them. I don't know if you want to see that on repeat on repeat
1: every oh, fucking Oh, no no, 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 that, no. That's, see, because you made a comment it's like you don't watch a lot of death matches and- yeah, because if I watched them all the time, I would get bored after a while. They'd lose their their specialness.
0: Whatever. So death matches could be like good, or it could be pretty boring. But honestly, sometimes to make a good death match, you need to go. You need to make it get there. You know, this you wasn't need to make it feel. This like wasn't
1: it. a death match. But do you remember how bloody? Uh, uh, Mox and Omega got In that one match You mean explo- uh, the, uh, the unsan- No no, like years ago You mean the unsanctioned match The unsanctioned Yeah yeah Where it was
0: just like Freaking Kenny's trying to prove That like I'm hardcore bro Yeah And then he just eats shit Yeah But then the fucking next match He became Cheater And then they do the Exploding barbed wire death match
1: because Where I mean, the exploding then, barbed wire Didn't work Well no It's literally the big
0: explosion Yeah Like that was the biggest fail Everything else was a fine explosion Oh it was fine Like damn, fucking great shit too like freaking like the best part it's like oh fucking Kenny hits his move the one wing angel on Mox and he's basically dead but for Mox to kick out he kicks the exploding
1: ropes to make them explode in front of Kenny's face like it's like though. I'm sorry I just need to the length he goes to protect that move You know, it's funny, I'm listening to Brian and Vinny talk about Retro Raw and Nitro, and like they always comment, Hunter's gotta pin him with his move. I'm like, Kenny Omega does the same thing. The One-Winged Angel's more protected than the Pedigree. I think the One-Winged Angel has to be the most protected move in wrestling. People kick out of the, you know, tombstone pedigree. I don't think we have the, like... The only other move I think might be more protected is Okada's Rainmaker. Because people kick out of one, might kick out of two. No one kicks out of a third one. Nope. Nope. So, back to the story here. Uh, Mox talks about how he cut his teeth in CZW. He has to be the most mainstream wrestler to come from there. And how, in I I don't know if he said this was their first match or whatever, but in a match, one of his first matches with Nick Gage, Nick Gage uh, cut him with a pizza cutter on the forehead. And then he like dra- I think he kind of does that thing too. And he's like yeah.
0: sitting there, is like, okay, it's all illusion. He's not going to actually cut my mouth. But minute Gage no. is getting all fucking hyped
1: with the crowd. I <laughs> like, out, motherfuckers, I'm going to fucking slice his mouth. And he fucking slices his mouth. And Mox is like, when well, the fuck is my mouth? He said it sounded like he had his throat cut out. And then he said, you know, you hear the bloodthirsty fans out there like, yeah, cut his fucking head off. And, um, and, but mock says he's like, you know, the most rewarding feeling when you do these matches for him is the rush you get from the crowd, from doing the match and just having a, going to go into the back and having a beer and cigarette. Yeah, like, once he you, says have, like, have, like, once you have
0: like a quarter of your blood's like drained out of you, like a booze and cigarette, just like chilling in the back, just like one of the best feelings in the world. And that does sound pretty chill after fucking beating the shit out of yourself and you just have like. <laughs> Uh, A nice drink and a fucking, like, cigarette.
1: So we fast forward to the Tournament of Death match. I
0: can't say we're fast forward. We're introduced. We're introduced
1: to the Tournament of Death.
0: Tournament of fucking... CZW's Tournament of Death. It's so hardcore, they have to go to some random farmland (coughs) Mm -hmm. out in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Fans just pull up in their vehicles (coughs) and vans, and they hang out, get loaded, and watch pure gore and violence... (sighs) <sighs> it's like literally they said like we do this out in the middle of this farmland and stuff so that we don't have cops. Come yeah, so the sh- cops
1: don't come. Come and shut us down. Yeah, and, f- and that causes a problem that we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, it's insane. So basically, if you're all curious how the death match, the, the death match tournament works, basically everyone fights in a series of matches that same day and they get more crazy, more brutal. Like they're all death matches. they yes. ain't just
0: like, oh, like the final match death match. No, every
1: single one is weapons and violence. yes. So the main weapons, event, blood, and violence. Yes. So the main event was a man named Thumbtack Jack from Germany versus Nick Gage. Which we meet Brett Lauderdale. Brett Lauderdale. Promoter and
0: owner of G C W I think referee for CZW at the time. Yes, he
1: was CZW's referee, and I believe he's still in charge of GCW. I think he is like I think that's his company. They put over yeah, they put over the match uh, in the interviews because it was a clashing of what you could consider deathmatch Titans because Nick Gage was getting big over here and Thumbtack Jack was pretty huge in Germany. So they had their match. They don't even have much of a match. They, they don't. kind of start their
0: match. And, yeah. like,
1: they have a match where it's,
0: like, a wall of fucking light tube match. Yes. Where, like, light tubes are stuck between the ropes all around the fucking ring. And literally, to start, freaking, they lock up and freaking Nick Gage gets Irish whipped through the ropes... And then he, like, gets up, and then you see the cameraman, dude, like, oh, fuck, oh, shit, dude, yo, yo, cut the shit, bro. And you just see, like, supposedly he gets sliced in his armpit, hits an artery, and just squirting blood comes out. Yep. And it's
1: like, it's so serious, like, dude, we need to get to the back now. And it's funny because a couple things are happening at the same time. One, they're pulling him back there, and then fucking Nick Gage, is, whose pride has been hurt, is like... Just tape me up. I want to go back out there. Just tape me up. I want to go back there. It's like, dude, we can't. You're a bleeding heart. Like, and the other funny thing is that
0: this is fucking bad. Like he's puking some buckets blood. Metaphorically-ish, but still it's like he's losing. No, he's losing a lot of blood. Like literally, like fucking, he gets sliced and like he's not even outside of like the fucking ring area. And like that, his like whole fucking like right side is just covered in
1: blood. Like purely soaked. Like drenched, soaked in his own blood. Like, this is fucking brutal. And the other funny thing that's happening is Thumbtack Jack, who might be aware of what's going on, He's like throwing a tantrum in the ring. He's like, he, he's literally, he's like, oh, fuck, fuck. He's like kicking the light tubes in frustration. I'm just like, I don't know why. Just deathmatch wrestler throwing a tantrum. It was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. But
0: fucking like Nick Gage at the back, he's trying to come back out. But literally, it's like, dude, he fucking can't. And plus, and remember, and plus. He's
1: yelling the camera, like, hey, you fucking smart marks. Fucking film this. I ain't fucking <laughs> quitting for fucking shit. Got to keep cave And then remember how we said they're out in the middle of nowhere? Well, that plays into the plot here because the ambulance can't get there. They have to call in a fucking helicopter. to fucking airlift them out of there. And rise. He got into the helicopter. And this motherfucker died. He was legally dead for seven, seven minutes. minutes. F- fuck. I, you know, when you're recapping something like that, what do you say? Like, after that, do you say something like, fuck, or holy shit, or oh my god, how do you properly articulate, how do I articulate to you people how I felt, when they're like, this dude gets a major artery severed in a death match, and he's dead for seven minutes, and the whole time, he's just like, just take me up, I wanna go back, I wanna fight Thumbtack Jack, but like,
0: (laughs) it's like, (laughs) what? He doesn't fucking like, I don't think, but I don't think he understand his severity and like till he like freaking like accidentally died, but he's still alive. This like, guy like after seven minutes, yeah. they were able to like freaking like I mean, bring him back to Latterdale
1: life. Lauderdale even says this guy is a, he's a die in the ring type, you know, just like Terry Funk. So when we get to his childhood, Oh yeah. He talks after, about, like, his, talk about him actually dying. So they talk about his neighborhood and he, a rough neighborhood and he talks about um, how great his mom was, loved his mom. We meet his girlfriend named Sandra, who kind of, to me, looks like, okay, you ever see those old Popeye cartoons? Yeah. To me, she kind of looked like a strung out olive oil. And after I thought that, all I could see, all I could think to myself was, was, man, this Popeye, he's come on some tough times. I can only see Nick Gage's Popeye now. And then when he refers, I'm like, that makes like Zandik Bluto. Remember Bluey is the big guy? No, one guy. Yeah, that's Zandig. <laughs> anyway, uh, are so you, you, aren't you sure that wouldn't be just Justice Payne? Oh, that might be Justice Payne. So, yeah, anyway, um, they all talk about how much you know, he loved his mom. She was like, a single mom. Patty Dukes. Patty Dukes. Whatever, whatever
0: like. other dude, or Pad Dukes, or whatever. She was like, oh, like, basically, she was very. Um, was, like, very involved with the community. Yeah. And people loved her. But frigging, yeah, no, Nick and his brother, Chris, were basically, like, (coughs) all youngsters. They They played sports and stuff, and they would cause mayhem around the town, always fighting and shit.
1: And he remembered uh, they used to watch Saturday Night Main Event when they Like, they would go to their dad's house on the
0: weekends and stuff, and his dad would just have wrestling on. It wasn't like they just discovered it while surfing channels. Nope. He was a wrestling fan, and boom, Saturday Night, like, yeah, Saturday Main Event's on, bro
1: and um, yeah and and then he said that him and his brother would wrestle he he makes comments like yeah that might have been the biggest mistake in my dad's life because we tore the fuck out of his house uh, he said he mentions they actually had I forgot I forgot to get the name but they had their own little promotion for a bit which was basically an excuse for them to film their matches. It was just they had a backyard fed and stuff. And he highlights that they one time they wrestled on a trampoline where they like wrapped the uh you know the round edge with barbed wire. He called it like a no rope death match. No
0: rope barbed wire death match and yeah no they asked well, him, real
1: barbed wire because here is the yeah. like
0: wrestling barbed wire most of the time that barbed wire has been like filed dull yeah not like. Kill you. Yes. But then, this then, was real barbed wire. Hey, they didn't want to sit there and try to dull every
1: single like freaking pointy thing. So they ask him, "There's like, so why death matches? You know, where'd you get the idea? And he's like. Probably from Japanese death matches. So are, I found
0: some <laughs> Japanese death matches, and then like I was like in love with. The, then there was like ECW, and that was my shit. But then CZW came, and that was yeah. way more hardcore. They
1: actually show footage of an old uh, Terry Funk and Cactus Jack match, and like
0: IWAs, so. IWa Japan, or, yeah. like IWa is most likely some indie promotion. And I
1: remember getting really bitter when I when I saw them show Cactus Jack because I remember like a long time ago Rick. Fla- I'll never forgive Rick Flair because he was like you know he said like I don't care what blah blah blah. Mick Foley would never be more than a glorified stuntman. Don't get me wrong, he's not wrong, but it's like, man, Ric Flair and a lot of those old wrestling guys, they always look down on guys like Cactus Jack and these Deathmatch dudes. They always thought they were better than them. Don't get me wrong, they are as wrestlers, but, you know. Anyway, so... um um, he mentions, yeah, you know, fan of ECW and all that. He remembers uh, uh, around the time CZW was coming along, ECW guys kind of shit talked on them because they were like, uh, you know, it's like uh, basically they thought they were going too crazy or whatever. Yeah, they are going too crazy. And he's just sitting there like, they're just mad that the next generation came and they're tougher and crazier than they were. I literally wrote here, Nick Gage basically says, you guys jelly. That's literally what he says. So yeah, um, oh yeah, and then, and then to prove, and as if the documentary wants to prove that point, they show us the time when uh, he homeboy got lit on fire, like literally a tournament of death thing,
0: setting. again, like he's out there, and Sandra, she like his old lady, like she supports him and's always there, and like yes. when she's can, front row watching his match and stuff. And they, they tell like a quick story that like yeah, I'm gonna get lit on fire, and she's like, can you please not?
1: And he's like, and, okay, okay, I won't. <laughs> and I was like she's like,
0: I think he just said that to me, like kind of like, shut me up. And then I see the fire. Exactly get, what happened. And then like, I see like the fire is getting light. I'm like, oh, geez, he's going to go through it. So he goes through this fucking like contra- this like contraption of like glass and wood lit on fire and rise him in like this dude. He slammed through go through it. Other dude seems too fu- seems fine, but him, he's straight up lit on fire. He's engulfed like, in flames. Like his whole shirt's straight up in fire. And yes. they're yelling him, "Stop, drop, and roll." And, and he's like, like,
1: "That shit doesn't even work." Yo,
0: that shit don't even fucking work. <laughs> he like stopped, dropped, roll, but he basically just ch- like threw off, like freaking ripped off his shirt and stuff, and he was able to be good. But then like I think he worked the rest of the match. But yeah. oh, he did. He finished the match. Well, I don't think he had a fucking artery severed where he yes. was going to be dying. Like, I think some couple burns will be fine. Yo, Undertaker got burned and, like, did a did match. An en-
1: yeah, he did an entire elimination chamber. Yeah, like, a lot of it was just him chilling and rubbing fucking gel all over him and stuff, too. It's funny, because you see him just standing there whatever, but he, they remember telling him later, he's like, oh, no, that dude was in, like, complete pain the entire time. What? <clears throat> so, at this point... Uh, this is when Nick gets addicted to things like and Percocets, and other people. Yo, pain he's pills. on
0: painkillers because he likes to get smacked with shit. And they didn't go further. Like, he has a high pain tolerance, yeah. but.
1: But he's only human.
0: Yeah, and then Brett Lauderdale was like, yeah, I don't think he was practicing any of that yoga or anything, too. So I think he was just <laughs> and like, they went straight to
1: painkillers.
0: and they Percocets. Imp- yeah. The Percocets weren't doing well. So he was doing Oxycontin, but Oxycontin was getting too expensive. Mm-hmm. So then he just went to heroin, which is basically okay, the same thing. Okay, because they didn't.
1: Outright, say he did heroin, but Brett Lardell yeah, did. Did, Oh, well, no, Brett did the same. He was like, well, you know, he was, uh, you know, he's doing this, but, you know, you can go out in the streets and get heroin for like 10 bucks, get the same feeling. But that's all he said. Nick Gage was never like, I did heroin. So I assumed he did heroin, but. Let's and, just, it's just, it might as well. Let me ask you, does Nick Gage look like he's done heroin? Yes. <laughs> I think he's done heroin. So, fast forward a few years. His addiction's bad. His relationship with his brother's getting to a breaking point. They show this match they have. They had a shitty match. Chris straight like fu- up
0: shoots on Yo, him.
1: any fucking people that
0: have no wrestling, if you haven't heard of fucking Jeff Hardy at 2011 Victory oh, Road. Oh, God. Basically, same thing. Like, Nick Cage showed up to this match, just fucking out of it. His brother's trying to tell him, hey, hey get your fucking shit into it. But he is so out of it. At one point moment, just fucking, like, this is pain. Just freaking like <laughs> lifts him up. Does his fucking like finisher pain thriller. Just pins him and just walks the fuck and out. he does that move
1: so sloppy and harsh when he throws him down. I think they said uh, Gage actually um, fractured his di- shoulder. I thought it was dislocated. Whatever. Either he, way. He got his shoulder fucked up. And then he falls out with his brother. And if that wasn't bad enough, I think the same year his mom passes. Away. Yeah. Then soon after his mom.
0: His like sweet old loving mother passes away from her battle with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. We're like friggin', they said she had breast cancer earlier. We forgot to mention it. Yeah, my bad. But like, and they would always do the breast cancer walk and stuff. But yeah, no, she succumbed to her battle with breast cancer. And then basically, he tried to move in with his friggin', um, like him and Son. Like he tried to move
1: in with him and Sandra, but he wasn't At her, doing it. Like anything. Sandra
0: and her mom's place. Yeah. But basically, friggin' eventually, Saunders' mom just kicked him out because they were just being fucking druggy bums. Yeah. For the most part. And basically, Brett this is
1: where the documentary gets interesting.
0: Yes. And then there was a moment where then Brett Lauderdale was talking about one time he came back from a trip a little early and he comes into his uh, like pad and he knows that the door's like kind of broken in and he like sees fucking Nick and Sandra's like laying out there and he's like, Sandra's like, dude, fuck you, you motherfuckers. Get the fuck out. And It's like, I thought you were my fucking homie. No, get the fuck out. And It's like, dude, it's fucking 10 degrees out there. So he's fucking out and about, fucking
1: heroin, fucking homeless and shit. Him and his old lady. There has to be a certain amount where I can't feel too bad for Nick Gage because, like, he broke into his house. Yeah, no, it's fucking, it sucks. (laughs) But yeah, so it's like he said. So he's walking around and whatever. Nick at this point is like, "Fuck, I need money." So then he sees a bank and he pussies out. Yeah, he was like, "No, that's what he said."
0: Fuck, I can't do it. And he's just going down the thing doing, like, fucking homeless ram. Like,
1: you fucking pussy. Why the fuck did you do huh? Yeah, yeah. So he goes to the next bank that he sees. Mm-hmm. Fucking walks in and stuff. It's your classic thing. You know, walks in, hands him a note. I've got a gun. Give me the money. Except he forgets something very important. Homeboy goes in there without a mask. And there is a camera. It looks like it's, like, four fucking feet from him. And his mug is completely on display. You can't mistake him. In fact, Mox says he woke up the next day being told to check his email. And yeah, Nick fucking Gage's face is all over the news. <laughs> he's just sitting there. and It's like, yeah, dude, he's just
0: like, what the fuck? It's like every time he comes out to the ring, he's wearing a fucking mask, like a train, like freaking
1: like bandit. But then the one time he actually robs someone, he's not wearing a fucking mask. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, Nick Gage says he, he went to go see uh, Brett and he drops the money. And Brett's like, Where the fuck did you get that money from? He's like, I robbed a drug dealer. But but Brett's like, these bills are like new and crispy. He's like, did you rob a fucking bank? It's like, yeah, you know what? I might have robbed a bank. And Sandra's like, what the fuck? But I stuck with him. I stuck with him. Like, you know what? They didn't touch on their story too much, but those two seem to love each other. I'm going to tell you, Sandra's ride or die. She is so ride or die. Sandra is a ride or
0: die chick for Nick. And so basically they took the money that he just stole and shit. And he literally says like, oh, fuck. He's like, you know, know
1: I'm going to go to jail. Fuck it. I'm going to go to Atlantic City. I'm going to ball out. That's what he said. Yeah, they go to Atlantic City. And yeah, they're they're hanging out. They're having fun. And um, Brett said, you know, I'm not going to rat him out, but you know, I'm like, you know, he's got to turn himself in at some point. So I called him every day. To talk. I was like, you ready? You ready? And then one day, um, uh, Nick Gage talked to me. He's like, you know what? I'm ready. Like and then like, he drove him to the for police like station. like eight to 10 days. Yes. Balling out with the stolen money, hitting up the,
0: they literally went to the first casino, just balling out, just enjoying it after like eight or 10 days. He's like, all right, dude, I'm ready to turn myself in. And Brett's like driving in. Well, first he takes him to go grab a Whopper. Yeah, 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 a Burger King. He goes grab a Whopper, he has a 40, lights up some blunts, get that last little, like, some good shit in before he's fucking in jail for, like, five years.
1: Yes, well, actually, there's a funny little additive to that, but we'll get to that right here. Whatever, so... So they they put him in the murder and gun block in prison. Like, murder gang gun block. And in his own words, so at this point, his brothers abandon him, he's in prison, but... He's getting a shitload of fan No, no, mail. no. You gotta know. You've missed
0: something really... Se- like, a fucking really sexy thing. First thing he arrives in jail, once he fucking shows up at oh, that block... Oh, yeah, yeah. They literally say, all right, go find a bed. I'm like, that sounds scary. I'm like, what kind of
1: fucking prison is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, so he... That's like some Shawshank shit. (laughs) Yo, he finds a bed and shit. And basically, as you said, like, literally his brother distoned him. him, So he's not even bothered saying talk to him or visiting him in jail. But Brett's his homie. And Brett's, like, still, like, visiting him in jail pretty regular and stuff, too. I'm sure him and Sandra. Oh, yeah. And then freaking, but then he's getting stacks on stacks of fucking fan mail. Yeah, yeah, we're talking like, like don't a worry, lot. do motherfucker.
1: You're gonna make it through this. You're gonna come back. You're gonna be bigger, stronger than ever, man. He was a hero to the working man. I don't know if he was a hero, but they talk about it a few times during the documentary. They're just like, you know, something about him resonated with people. You know, maybe it's because you know what, that dude's a badass, or he's a really scary man that would kill me. Either way, he's kind of cool. And he just said, he was like no, fuck it, man. I'm gonna fucking
0: take this shit serious. No more fucking whoppers. Time for fucking exercise." <laughs> and he said, he was like honestly, if you need to get cleaned up and get jacked, bro, go to jail."
1: He did say that, didn't
0: he? Well, well he didn't say that directly. No, he didn't say That's that. That's kind of just like what it was. That was like, the message. It's like, hey, if you want to get cleaned up and jacked and start exercising, go to fucking jail. Well, <laughs> I'll have like, to, to remember that when I get next time I get addicted to drugs. <laughs> How about right now? Go rob a fucking bank, go to jail, and become fucking shredded.
1: <laughs> this is so stupid. The thing is, though, you aren't actually wrong. What
0: else are you going to do? <laughs> and, like, the foods they feed you, uh, like, like feed you, is like, it's
1: supposed to meet... Your nutritional values. Which is probably actually in some... It's probably nutritionally, statistically, a little healthier. Whatever. You're going to get shredded, bro. <laughs> so like, they show
0: a shot of him walking around shirtless. Yeah. He doesn't
1: walk around shirtless in his matches. No. I think that was temporarily. So yeah, he inspires him to stay in shape, and he actually only serves four years of his sentence. Uh, he they uh you know they let him out. Sandra's happy to see him. Like they, she's super stoked. Him his Bre- ride or die. Yeah, you know they're they're hugging and crying. Brett's there. They're stoked, and Brett's like, you know what? Because Brett Brett at this point is now running GCW, and he's we like, started GCW. Yeah, so now he's like, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna fucking push this motherfucking Nick to some superstardom so he creates the Nick Gage Invitational it's going well he's doing good like they're so like provo- happy yeah
0: but then his parole officer pops up for a urine test and they catch him tempering with the urine test and Uh-oh, he's th- oh, spaghettios.
1: and throw back in jail for another two years two years listen I've never done drugs I've never committed a crime but if you serve a four-year out of five year sentence, you get let out early, and all you have to do is follow probation. Could it be that hard? <laughs> he lasted for three months, and boom, he's in for another two years. I mean, don't get me wrong, that sucks. And I'm sure Sandra was pissed, but I'm just like, I literally like, I'm laying there on my bed like this, and then my phone just falls, my hands, my hands just go up. I'm just like, really?
0: Well, then fucking, but whatever. When he comes out, GCW is actually way more established. Yes. And in that point, it's like honestly good. Because like when he first went. Because they're like the go-to guys
1: for this kind of stuff now.
0: Yeah, they're like the go-to guys. So it becomes like way more established. And in Brett's like Sinners, like, at this point, we're more established. And I could fucking highlight Nick straight into the main event. And it's going to be popping. And that's what it was. Yeah. Like well, GCW is like fucking like the cool indie that does all the wacky shows. Fucking... I remember they're, they're the first ones to do the Bloods... Well, they're the ones that do Bloodsport. Yeah. And they were doing the Joey Janela Spring Break freaking yeah. like fun party shows and stuff. They do a lot of weird, wacky, fun indie shows and everything. And fucking... Yeah, I know. Uh, but now we're going to... I can't remember if it was Joey Janela's LA Confidential. It was during a SummerSlam like weekend and stuff. And this... Nick Gage was supposed to face Joey Ryan in a death right. match, but Joey Ryan tore his pec. So then he got replaced with upcoming wrestling superstar and ex-WCW World Heavyweight Champion, David, David
1: Arquette. Arquette. Oh boy, this was great. So I need to highlight. All right, take this away. David Arquette says... Because you showed up right as this was going on where yeah. I had to take
0: notes, but I, had to f- I was dealing with the headphones to let you listen in, and that so, turned into a fail. So...
1: For those that don't know, and this is how he introduces himself David Arquette, former WCW champion. Hey, guys, I'm David Now, Arquette, as everybody knows, WCW now as everyone champion. knows, David Arquette didn't actually want to do that and he regrets oh, it. He, he re- does like wrestling.
0: Like he loves wrestling, he respects <clears throat> it. He did not want to do that,
1: but fucking Vince Russo. Well, it's just like, we're fucking putting the title on you, motherfucker. So the uh, you know, if you think about it, and it's completely no. It's like 98% in the worst ways possible. But think about it like this. Has there been a booker in wrestling history whose actions affected the business more long-term than Vince Russo? If you really look at it, Vince Russo, for 98% the worst, changed the course of wrestling history forever. You could probably argue he set the business back by like 10 years Who knows? with the death of WCW. That's just real interesting to think about. Who
0: knows? It's a fucking
1: trip. I like Vince Russo, but you can't deny his mistake. Yeah, it's a fucking trip, but whatever.
0: But Arquette these days has became an indie wrestling friggin' like, friggin', basically he became an indie wrestling draw. Like, honestly, he's like, you know what? I've been an actor. I've made money. You know what? Fuck it. I'm actually gonna like go into wrestling serious. I want to fucking like redeem for me. <clears> and being that's simply in WCW. That's his story. Like, he the, wants
1: to redeem for WCW. There's a fucking documentary I want to fucking
0: watch. Is called You Can't Kill David Arquette.
1: Oh, I remember that one. I haven't seen it, but I heard. I about haven't
0: it. seen it, and it's about his fucking wrestling journey. Like, dude, there's fucking him doing pop up fucking lucha matches <laughs> in fucking like Mexico and Mexico freeway and like I'm the a, Mexican freeways. No, I was
1: like, holy shit, is David? Uh, the idea that David Arquette is actually is a pretty actually okay wrestler is hilarious to me. He's in his 40s now, but because he's only been an actor, he still has a lot of like youth in him. You and know? like he's in shape too. Like, yeah. is like exercising. Like, wrestling's gonna
0: give him it too. Whatever. He's about to do this match with fucking Nick Gage. So the setting like, for this is like, hey, this
1: is gonna be a death. All right, what's the setting? So uh, he treats them for stakes at Musso and Frank's. Uh, yeah. Which I've always wanted to go to. And David is just like, hey, just don't cut me. Like, literally, it's like, hey, this is a death match. Like, yeah,
0: wrestling's fake, but this shit, I'm gonna fuck. It's fucking real. I'm gonna fucking hit you with shit. And literally, it's like, you know what? I wanna prove I'm tough and I'm totally down to do this. Like, are you fucking sure you wanna do this? Like, yeah, I'm down. He's just saying, it's like, but can you please, I'm an actor. Can you please not cut my face? Like, this kind of like what my moneymaker is on and stuff. Yes. And like, I can understand that. It's like, yeah, can you please like cut my face? But anything else, yeah, go to fucking town. And Nick Gage is like, okay.
1: Okay but he doesn't do that whatever so
0: it's now he time cuts for him a
1: lot it's David Arquette versus Nick Gage
0: and like they start they start <laughs> locking up like they start like David Arquette throws some weak punches at him and then fucking Nick Gage kicks the shit out of him but then Arquette pulls out his fucking freeway lucha and dives on him and starts getting some stiff shots and then Nick Gage is like alright motherfucker that's alright we're getting hyped now let's fucking step it up and then he starts bringing the glass tubes and start beating the shit out of David Arquette he brings out the pizza cutter yeah he does the pizza cutter thing like he did with Mox and he starts sliding his dome, and he's, like, sitting there, he's, like, I'm gonna do a pizza cutter, and, like, Arquette's, like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, just don't cut my head, and he's feeling him, and he's, like, cutting him on his dome, it's, like, he's cutting me on my head, and then there's the mouth thing, and he's sitting there, like, and Arquette's telling him, he's, like, dude, I'm starting to lose trust with him right now, and this actually was kind of infamous, because then he freaking, like, breaks a freaking glass tube on his dome, and starts poking at his dome, but that Arquette just, like, strip like, Starts shooting on him, freaking lifts him around and is like holding like freaking gauge at the neck while accidentally glass tubes sliced his neck, starts bleeding a little bit. He pops out of the ring to make sure he's all good. They could try to do the match a little bit more, but then like freaking Arquette just stripped. Chuck's a fucking chair a Nick Gage and a Nick and like they have a little tussle Nick Gage fucking judo flips them mm-hmm. and stuff and just told him was like, hey, motherfucker, if we're going to do this more, I'm going to start beating the shit out of you. And literally they just stopped the match, did not like a pinfall and basically was all done. It was pretty infamous as in like, holy shit, bro, this is fucking get what dude? they're fucking about
1: to fucking fight. I can't give it five stars. But the match is pretty incredible. Like I don't think the match watching the match itself by fucking suck, but the editing
0: of this was pretty compelling. It's like yeah. there's a point sitting there's like holy fucking shit. I'm not gonna
1: lie, I came out of this I'm like yo, Taylor Ricketts kind of a badass. Just like just a little do- bit,
0: yeah. Like just don't do the death matches, bro. Don't and he literally said there's like honestly, I was a little
1: over my head. Yeah, I was that, in- that's the clip from all their from all their promos. I was in over my head. I was in over my head. And maybe Nick Gage, you know, was slicing isn't, out his dome and kind isn't of was everyone breaking. in over their
0: head like when w- you wrestle Nick Gage. I think you just have to be prepared for Nick Gage. You just should just like accept it. But yeah. for
1: him, it's like he, he just didn't I don't know. I feel it. I feel like Nick Gage kind of wrote him off. I, I gotta commend Arquette. He. He, he survived pretty yeah, well. Arquette survived, and honestly, he fucking took control. Like, Arquette didn't just, like,
0: let it kind of happen and stuff, too. And, hey, when he got the cut, he continued the match. Like, once he felt like it's fine. And, like, Nick Ace said, it's like, dude, I've been in a bunch of these matches. Like... He wasn't fucking gushing and squirting and stuff. It was just a little, like, it was a quick run. Yeah. It was good. Grant Arquette didn't
1: know that, but yes, that Whoa, was... Oh, fuck it. if you
0: got sliced in the neck where possible artery is and stuff, too, and you start bleeding, like, pretty, like, a good, like, run of blood, I think you're going to be sitting there it's like...
1: And he was pissed about it for a few days. TMZ actually caught up with him. And
0: he's like, so, yeah, how was your fight?
1: Like, Arquette is like, yeah, it was fine. It's like, Grant threw his and this shit puts Nick Gage in the stratosphere popular. Not the stratosphere, but it makes him more popular. Or at least that's popular.
0: what like the documentary presents in the story. He's
1: definitely more popular than he was after before that. Oh, he became like, stupidly popular. Uh, but then one last One dark, last la- little bit of tragedy. Because it's his dark side of the ring. Unfortunately, Nick Gage's brother commits... <laughs> Justice Payne! <laughs> Justice Payne commits suicide. He drops off. Which bridge was it? No, he doesn't commit suicide. The thing
0: was that... He, Justice Payne, jacked a car, was chased by the cops, and decided to jump off a bridge that's right near Nick's house. And he died. Yeah. And literally, they start saying, it's like, honestly, Justice Payne in the beginning, he was more of a stable dude. He had a proper job, had a wife and kids and stuff. Like, you look at Justice Payne, he's fucking yoked. Like, dude, you look at what Justice Payne, it's like, dude, he's a pretty fucking jack dude. No, he was in Compared good shape. Compared to fucking his brother, Nick Gage, who's a fucking know. kind of a tubby, like, normal looking dude.
1: Literally, those two standing side by side as if you were standing next to me. Like, in, in terms oh, okay, of- Okay, okay. In Nick terms Gage of is, in shape and in terms of not in shape. Yeah, for the most- Yeah, for the, mo- yeah, for the most part. not looking like you're in shape.
0: Yeah, for the most part, but fucking- Yeah, no, but then it describes like as, like, time going on, like- Justice Payne had, like, substance abuse issues and stuff, and friggin', like... I'm sure he was having, like, issues at home, and his mental health was deteriorating. They basically start describing that he started sounding like a schizo... He started having bipolar schizophrenia. Yeah, he was doing
1: this shit where it's like, you know, FBI is coming for me, or, like, the government's cops, watching me. Government's watching me, and everybody's like, all this stuff, too. It's like, fuck, dude, his mental health deteriorated. Yeah. And honestly... They try to do a little bit of hopefulness near the end because, you know, he's popular and Sandra's like, I'm gonna stick by him no matter what. He's my everything. But honestly, the 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 thing ends kind of bleak or dark, if you will, because Nick Gage is literally is just like, you know, I'm the you know, everyone I grew up with is dead. And now I'm just. All my, I'm, I'm, the, only I'm the only one forward and living. I'm the only one rolling around. And Brett's like, and, and Brett Lauderdale's like, you know, he's going to do this till he can't no more. And uh, they literally
0: asked, like, do you think his story is one of redemption? And yeah, Brett says, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to really say. It's like you could say, like. Maybe till like he's successful, but you could say he's successful right now. It literally says, "Honestly, the story's not over yet." And Nick Gage
1: is like, "Honestly, I think I'm gonna be dead sooner gonna, rather than later. I'm
0: gonna, you know, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die in
1: dope fashion." I think I wrote that. He's
0: like, he just said, yeah, that's what he
1: said. That's what he said. He's
0: like, "Honestly, I'm just gonna die in dope fashion," and then it kind of just ends with like, "Honestly." If there's any one of these motherfuckers, crowds might be small, but he has a frantic connection connection with the crowd.
1: Yeah, jo- and yeah, John Moxley takes a swipe at Vince McMahon for no reason. He's like Vince McMahon wishes he like, had a guy. Like literally, it's like he is
0: like you don't need fucking biceps or be fucking tall. He has the one talent that fucking anyone wish they can have, and that's connecting with the fans. Yeah, and like and they Nick Cage can connect with people. Like dude, people get fucking rabid. They hear fucking for whom the bell tolls play, and Nick Cage come out, and it's fucking Nick fucking Gage Nick. Nick fucking and he mo-
1: yeah and he starts fucking moshing it with the fans and stuff and he's coming to the ring oh yeah you see him he, he's like high five he's punching dudes in the chest <laughs> yeah he's just fucking getting
0: <laughs> I've literally seen Nick Gage one time at the first blood sport That's which right. was uh, I forgot Matt that, yeah. Riddle's
1: blood sport bro and how scary was that
0: not really because this match was kind of shitty
1: like, I mean, just
0: seeing Nick Gage. Like you just, I just because I didn't know him, and just the whole people going Nick fucking Gage, Nick fucking Gage. I'm like, this is a Gage ceiling's pretty fucking hype, and <laughs> you see him. It's like, and he's wrestling's like. He kind of like I'm just watched like it's because here's like blood sports supposed to be kind of more like um, catch wrestling kind of real shoots. wrestling. Yeah, it's just more like shoot match thing where it's yeah. like they're trying to like honestly the like stipulations are the only way to win is like submission or knockout. Yeah. There's no ropes in the ring, so it's mostly grappling based. But and it- him, he's just trying to like do a street fighter. He's like biting the top of like his opponent's head and stuff. And the match was all right, but honestly, it was just kind of like I. You can miss It's like you can miss are it. Are they
1: work shoots or is it shoot shoots? It's work shoot.
0: It's just basically it's like, dude, just like are, like
1: are the outcomes predetermined?
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, OK. Outcomes are predetermined. And honestly, if there is issues, it's like, well, go
1: fucking roll, homie. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. yeah. That's Barnett. Yeah. It's Barnett like says shooting.
0: Yeah. Because now Josh Barnett's the kind of like figure face for the blood Bloodsport shows. But blood Bloodsport shows are becoming actually a little bit more of their own thing and stuff. Yeah, that's kind and of interesting. interesting. So, Yeah, no, and freaking over this past WrestleMania weekend, there was a fucking bloody match in Bloodsport with fucking John Mox and fucking Barnett. It mm-hmm. was a good one and Josh stuff. Barnett's insane. But, you know, the thing is that the spring break show, Mox just challenged Nick Gage to a fucking death match. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's going to be fucking brutal. Someone going to die. Someone going to die. All right, so now that through this versus series,
1: which ones seem more fucking darker? Well, okay, so what I was saying about my critiques about um, uh, Dark Side of Football, uh, most of what I said I had written down. And all I have written here for this Dark Side of the Ring is, nothing beats these Dark Side of the Rings, man. They're great. One, they're three seasons in. I'm yes. sure they're more established as a team. They got more of their
0: flow and everything and stuff too. And they've actually this got one, they've act- actually
1: got some crazy characters. This too. one you actually feel, they go in though. I you mean, feel- these, these are like dark stories. Yeah, you feel
0: like these are dark. Oh, Chad Johnson. Oh, fucking he wasn't supposed now, to. Now listen, make I don't wanna I don't well. wanna under
1: I don't wanna undersell Chad Johnson losing his grandpa and having his mom walk out on him because that sucks.
0: Yeah, but fucking Nick Gage had all his fucking family die out on yes. him. Yes. I'm like, dude, there's a difference between how dark these stories are you know what it is maybe I, the next dark side of football
1: might be a little bit more darker you know this what one's it, just a little bit more easy to ease people in to check it out you know what i think it is and grand we're only one episode in the dark side of football but what yeah, it know, feels it like me. to me is when they approach these wrestling ones they're approaching them they make them as like real and human and vulnerable as they can they even made a guy like nick gage feel vulnerable but i watched dark side of football and it still kind of felt like not the carny thing but The dark side of football, it felt like they were still... Treating them as larger than life celebrities we, They didn't strip down Chad Johnson They didn't talk about him as a They told you his story but they didn't really like Show you him as a human As a guy you know what I mean You know Nick Gates, Pillman, the Benoit one Bruiser Brody maybe not Bruiser Brody as much But they still went in and Well they, they did talk you. about him as yeah. like Him as a, because they're talking about the only thing with Bruiser
0: Brody Is like they're talking with his kid and his wife Yeah They talked about how he was they, but then they also
1: talked about how he had to protect himself And stuff why Bruiser Brody never lose? Just how the business was, the environment and stuff too. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think they, sh- I think they do a better job of showing you. The well roundedness of the people in Dark as Side I said, of the Ring. This also dark felt side of football just felt like, oh, I'm watching another documentary about a celebrity, but they were treating him as a celebrity. That's what I mean. They weren't treating him as a, just a guy. Well, here's the thing. I feel like because this is supposed to be a spin off of Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, and it feels I,
0: like a spin-off. And I feel like it's kind of supposed to like I thought it would be by done by the same people, but this honestly felt like two different people doing two different peeps of like yes. doing these shows and stuff. Like the dark side of football had a little bit more unique editing stuff too i'll give it that presentation wise it seemed cool they got some cool cuts and stuff too but dark side of the ring it's like it's been more established they got a solid formula
1: down i think if dark side of football wants to improve just going with this dark side of uh the, the one episode we saw today i think because the chad johnson one it felt like they wanted to talk about chad johnson but they also wanted to talk about wide receivers too as general i think you can do that but You know, you have to either go in on the psychology or you have to go in on Chad Johnson's story. And we got the superficial, just base level thing of his story. And we got basic level introduction to football psychology and no real meat for either one. So, yeah,
0: I don't know what the next Dark Side of Football episode is. Yeah. Not too specifically, unless you want me to look it up. But yeah, hopefully, know, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, you try look it up and stuff. Cause I don't know what the next one is. I think the next Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, I've been fucking waiting for this one. Oh, I fucking love this story. We're getting fucking collision in Korea, bro.
1: Yeah, that's right. Oh I my am god, I'm so
0: stoked, like, dude. I want to see fucking like them talk about how they got fucking how how they were in fucking Korea. Cause here's the thing. It's like I don't know if most normal people like heard about. Like I've heard about. It, Cause I had a fucking like told like back when I was playing this shitty fucking black metal band and shit and fucking like the guy I was with like all hair he liked to do conspiracy theories but he was telling me about a documentary about the, like these dudes like freaking posing as doctors to get into actually North Korea cuz it's so fucking like cut off from the world and stuff and then posing as doctors is the only thing they can use for freaking cameras and they're just showing how fucking malnourished the whole fucking land is how everyone is and just how the fucking deity level worship of their freaking leader is and stuff too and it's like i don't know if people really um, like have heard how fucking insane like that is and stuff too but fucking collusion in korea like you can go listen to Bischoff's fucking podcast 83 weeks and then talk about this thing, but Lyra's like dude when they were there in the fucking 1990s, dude, they had fucking, like, they had freaking, re- like, they their fucking television cameras were still 1950s real base. Their Mercedes were from the 1950s. It fucking, the land is so malnourished, it looks like fucking Mars. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, like, looks, fu- like, they're just, like, Everyone's so malnourished. They're all wearing like freaking gray clothes. Like, yeah, they showed all the propaganda and stuff and kind of like show like the good side of Korea. But like Bischoff got out of the hotel, was actually doing a morning run, running around. And literally when people saw him, they feared for their lives because he's an American. And they're
1: so fucking scared of that. There, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard from at least a couple sources that in North Korea at once upon a time, they used to say that uh, Americans used to eat babies. Yeah. Or something to that degree. So, but I don't know how Dark Side of the Rings is going to oh, like. that's not even touching on the Ric Flair shit. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm curious to see
0: how Dark Side is going to try it. Because there's a couple there's stories. There's so to much it. Like, to that story. Like, literally, Bischoff is like, like, I'm sure like, they'll touch about Scott Norton. Because he's like, got into an argument. Like, he was able to call his wife back home and stuff. And they got into an argument where his wife's like, oh, you were sitting around and like, you were going around fucking bitches, aren't you? It's like, I fucking can't. These motherfuckers aren't. Phone gets cut. Military officials come in. They were almost about to murder him in a fucking land. Like, literally, it's so sketchy. Like, right as they landed in North Korea, they took away everyone's passports.
1: Yep. Holy Basically have them prisoner. It's like, holy fuck. North but Korea is wild.
0: I don't know how much they'll touch on, like... This being showing how insane North Korea is. I Cause there's people talking about the events and stuff, too. And leading up to it, how Inoki needed it to like he helped do the event to hopefully support political like free like to try to hold his political position in Japan and stuff. Or what? I don't know how much they're going to touch on like how insane like the Korean environment was. I think
1: they'll be able to touch on pretty well because Korea isn't a country like China where the American entertainment industry is scared of them or for political reasons they're worried that they'll do something. So I think they'll actually touch on pretty well. But Dark Side of the Rings pretty good about balancing stuff. So I'm. I don't don't know if they're going
0: to talk about the event of it just being a fucking just whatevs. But literally until I
1: hope they don't talk about the actual like wrestling event, like the wrestling event. I don't give a. Shit about the
0: wrestling, like the wrestling event. Event is what? As it's literally Korea itself it's is the story. Everything around it. It's just literally. I'm curious to see. Like, I hope if, they
1: get Ric Flair on,
0: do Ric Flair is on? Yes. Yeah, Scott Norton, Ric Flair, also Bischoff. really quick, the next- They actually got Noki
1: on there. They got no, no.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's
1: fucking They shit. got Noki There's Inoki's like one. So
0: cool. There's like one little story. I don't know the wrestlers, but literally because there was some all Japan women there for a match and stuff. Literally. There was like a fucking like one in New Japan wrestlers and one of the all Japan women wrestlers literally got married like that event and stuff. Not like as a celebration, like post, I literally yeah. and got in. They literally decided like they met, got engaged and they're still married to this day. They are a TV personality like she's like freaking like the cool, like charismatic lady. And she has the big old big, strong fucking doofus fucking like husband and stuff. But, yeah, they are married, and, like, there's a story that's like, oh, what? yeah, it's like they heard, like, two people having wild sex, and friggin', yeah, no, but friggin', that's a little, like, little story that no one really knows too much about. <laughs> Other than Anoki. he brought it up.
1: But I go, who are the wrestlers? We're gonna have to find out next week. Oh, they're gonna talk about that? They It'll be a quick thing. Oh, my God, that'd be great. Yeah, they're gonna talk about two wrestlers. What if it's Anoki himself? No.
0: No, it's one of the Noki, it's one of the New Japan boys and one of the, like, yeah, Japanese women wrestlers. And literally it's like, oh, we decided, we met, it's first time we met, we got engaged and we're still
1: happily married to this day. Maybe it can happen. Maybe that Disney shit can happen, you know? Ah, and fucking Korea. <laughs> hey, we might die. You want to become, fuck, you want to like, you wanna, you want to, you want to get legally wedded.
0: Yeah, sure. It sounds lit. Yeah. Let's fucking consummate the marriage. Ah, ah, ah. So they were the two that had the loud, crazy sex. They had loud, crazy sex. And everyone sitting is like, wait, what's going on?
1: Oh, that's what like Bischoff heard about. It and he's like, <laughs> oh, so that's what it was. Also, um, the next football episode is the, which actually it looks interesting, but not as interesting as the episode after, that, which is the Oakland Raiders one. But it's uh, the dark art of Bill Belichick. Which that could be neat. I don't know. Are they gonna suck Bill Belichick's dick? Are they actually gonna
0: actually give us like provide us evidence of him being a cheating
1: bastard? Well, the Bill Belichick says is the most successful coach in NFL history. A look at how he managed to overcome stand scandals while cementing his standing as a master tactician. You know something? I have a feeling about these NFL ones. I have a feeling they have the potential to. Not make me mad, but just kind of make me go, what the fuck? I don't I don't know, I don't think they're bad yet. But that one almost looks like it'd be worth the watch just because fuck the fucking Patriots. And you know what? They will suck his dick. Because f- the NFL loves the fucking Patriots. Yeah, I'm just curious if like
0: Dark Side of Football is gonna be sucking Bill Belichick's fucking dick, or are they actually gonna humanize him? Who knows? But fucking, I can tell you, I just told you how fucking, like, I hope they t- tell you how insane fucking Kore- Korea is, because, dude, that's, like, the one, the most closest things we have recorded, like, friggin', document, like, any, like, sort of documentation of the of North Korea itself, because, like, At dude, all, yeah. that's, like, fucking, you can say it's,
1: like, a third world country, it's an axle, dude, it's, like, a <laughs> fucking other planet, yeah. how these dudes describe it. Oh, bro, they have to suck Belichick's dick, he's 69 years old. So now I don't care because you know what he made to sixty nine. That's the that's the good year. Whatever, it's fucking.
0: (laughs) I don't know if you want to say Noki or Bischoff or Flair versus Bill Belichick. Butter. Let's end this off. Which which documentary would you vote was the better one between Nick Gage or Chad Johnson? Oh,
1: bro, Nick Gage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the fuck. if someone tries to tell me it's the football one, I will politely debate you because I'm not actually this abrasive when I talk to people. Oh, my But God. I will disagree with you passionately. I will disagree with you passionately. <laughs> now, which one is like an oh, easier to watch? Maybe. You know what? The chat. Oh, John. bro. The, the note taking for the Chad Johnson one was so easy. It's like, you know what? It's a lighter watch. I could let like five minutes go by and I could summarize it so pretty there's well. There's an engaged one. It's pretty
0: fucking squeamish and can yes. make you like cringe in the old sense. It's maybe not the lightest part. Like, I don't know how hardcore they go, but fucking like, I heard some people on Wrestling Server Live Radio, the, like the text messages and emails saying they were pretty squeamish about the Nick Gage one, but very compelled on how awesome Nick Gage is. Yeah. Hey, dude, fucking For Whom the Bell Tolls is a fucking killer theme song. He comes out, everyone's going, fucking Nick, fucking Gage. And it's like, you're pretty fucking hype, bro. More than that, Let's wrap up. This yeah. is the Doctor That Danger Radio Show with your host James and I. Have a good one. Adios.